This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is the Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Ricky Wimmer. What's up, what's up, guys? And Dave Oster. Hey, everybody. And today, we are back after a one-day hiatus. <laughs> we talked about the Kristaps Porzingis trade. Uh, we had an emergency podcast for that, his trade to Dallas. If you do want to hear our thoughts, go over and check it out. We full things up on iTunes, the full things up on YouTube, youtube.com slash most valuable podcast real. It was a fun hour and 11 minutes, so definitely go check that out. But today, we are talking about Anthony Davis. Where will he go? Lonzo Ball, where will he go? If he will go, how does he fit if he goes? And then we'll wrap it up with Kyrie Irving. Will he go? Uh, so it's a lot of will he, won't he, will they, won't they. Uh, in this podcast, we are super excited to be talking about this, closing in on the trade deadline, closing in on the All-Star game. I believe next week will be our trade deadline recap mm-hmm. uh, because I think we'll probably be recording on Friday, uh, and that is on the December or it's on uh, February 7th, uh, so yeah. we'll be recording on the 8th. So we'll be doing a recap of all that stuff unless something massive uh, happens, like an AD trade. Uh, we will have an emergency podcast out for that. Uh, other than that, and we, we have the, the mock draft, the uh, All-Star Weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have to move that from the 15th to the 16th, though. Um, I just remember that now. I need to tell you guys. It's just that weekend. Yeah, just telling you. Uh, I know we have the 15th on that, mm-hmm. most likely. Uh, that will be a Saturday podcast. But that's the at least opening. And let's mm-hmm. jump in before so. Uh, if you are listening to us on iTunes, don't forget to rate us five stars. We give shout-outs to uh, everybody, the five people who have given us uh, reviews on iTunes uh, in January so far. We have 44 reviews. If you have the time, please go over. It means an absolute ton to us to give us that review, that five stars. It means a ton. But boys, let's jump into Anthony Davis. Where will he go? This has been a developing situation for about the past week. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony Davis has told the New York New Orleans Pelicans that he has no plans to re-sign with them once his contract's up and that he would like to be traded. Uh, I think now the question is, will he be traded before the deadline? Will this linger into the offseason? And obviously the big question of where will he go? Um, Now, this has been a topic that's been developing for a while now. Uh, You probably have heard a lot of takes about the Lakers and Celtics and uh, you know the Raptors getting in on this, a ton of teams getting in on this. So we'll talk about our predictions of where he will go first. But let's start off. On the East Coast, we'll start off in Boston, mainly because new news came out today. Um, Anthony Davis's dad came out and said, Boston, I would never want my son to play for Boston after what they'd done to Isaiah Thomas. No loyalty. Guy gives his heart and soul, and they trade him. Anyone can print that. That was a text to Ramona Shelburne. And also, uh, there's another thing as well uh, coming out that I think it was from uh, our good old boy Sham saying the Boston Celtics are not a preferred destination long-term for New Orleans star Anthony Davis, and in Davis's mind, remain a rental option. So let's start there. If you are Boston, and he does not get traded at the trade deadline, and you're not trading Kyrie for AD straight up, and you're taking this into the offseason, and you hear this, that Anthony Davis will be a rental for one year, he has no plans on signing with you, his family will not back him signing in Boston, what do you think about now pushing all of your chips towards AD, possibly Jason Tatum, possibly the three picks that you currently have right now in the first round, could be four, uh, depending on Memphis. What do you think about pushing your chips towards Anthony Davis with this news coming out, Dave? 
I'm a little hesitant. I think that a lot of this comes down to, you know, you can come out and say something publicly, but you've got that year to convince him basically while he's under contract. So, you know, it's a great organization. Yes, the Isaiah Thomas thing is not going to look so bright to a lot of people. I mean, it's it, it felt dirty. I'll be mm-hmm. honest. It felt dirty from the outset. I'm not a Boston fan, so I don't have the same connection to Isaiah, but I understand business is business at some point. But from the outside, you're just like, mm, you kind of did him wrong. Like you, you, you might have taken away that guy's payday. My thing with that and with Isaiah Thomas is I, def- I even up to that trade with Kyrie, I was very much on the side of Boston of you're not going to resign a guy who's had hip issues, who's that small, and has only had one season of an MVP performance. You're quite vocal about that, and yes. you're going to start paying him, you know, five years, four years, and he's going to be 34 years old, and he won't be able to hold up. Well, let's see what happens since he tra- he's gotten traded. What, he's played maybe 30 games, 40 games? Yeah. I mean, exactly what I thought happened. So I think that was... It, it, right, the but that's still, it, that's still the thing. thing is, do you, in today's NBA, do you expect teams to be loyal to players? And I think that perception is changing over time that, you know, the players have all the power. Mm-hmm. And it's just the contract is just a means to an end almost. Well, and the thing, and I want to interject really quick because I forgot to um, ask you this, is you say the players have all the power. They do. With me, I have one thing that I kind of have to go off on a random tangent yeah. and just get this off my chest. Sure. That fine, the $50 fine that they find AD for. They're not $50. For $50,000. It's a cool 50 bucks. It's basically, basically though. to me, hypocritical mm-hmm. and bullshit, which I get it's in the CBA. I'm not saying like, oh, they shouldn't have. It, like, it's in the contract. Of course, they had to do it. But to me, it's hypocritical because if the NBA is going to go, oh, we're a player's league and we're all good with movement. And, you know, a guy like Kevin Durant can move to Golden State if he wants to. A guy like LeBron can go from here to there. Free agent. Yeah, but for me, if you're going to go into that, you cannot, in my mind, get mad at a guy for talking to another guy who may be his friend and then be like, hey, it would be great to play with each other. Like, it would be great because if I was talking to you, let's say mm-hmm. I'm on the Lakers, you're on the Pelicans, and you're unhappy you with your situation, because that's what's going on. If you're unhappy with your situation, yeah. of course, A, you're going to want out, and B, of course, I'm going to want you to come play for me. I just think it comes down to, and this is the Pelicans' ownership, if you wanted AD to stay, yeah. go ahead and be a better ownership and build around well, him. That's why with Boston, if I'm Danny Ainge— this whole what AD's father said doesn't change my situation of trading for AD. What it changes is I'm not going to give up as much to get him. Before we get to the Boston stuff, mm-hmm. um, let's go to the, the things that you said. One, I disagree with the tampering stuff when it comes to the players. Um, the players, I think, have m- too much power. I've, mm-hmm. I've vocalized this during the Kawhi stuff. I think they have too much power. And, you know, you could say that teams were disloyal to Isaiah Thomas, but that's business. And it's also business what Kawhi did last year. It's business what Anthony Davis is doing. It's business that LeBron James left Cleveland twice. It's business on both sides. It's no longer, you know, in the NFL, I get the the loyalty part. Mm-hmm. That's more of a cutthroat business. In the NBA, I don't really feel so. There's some bad situations like in your Jay Crowder being traded after, his, I believe, his mother died. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously Isaiah Thomas going through his sister's death as well and then being traded. Like that stuff, mm-hmm. I, I, I feel and I understand. Like that seems cold-hearted. But that was a move that they decided before those unfortunate things happened. Mm-hmm. Um 
But with this, like the players, you can't go out in the media and say that. If you want to have these discussions when you're out in L.A. having dinner, that's fine. But why do you need to bring it into the media? And why does that matter? And I think then you start handicapping these organizations. And when you bring up the fact that the Pelicans didn't build around AD, that's true. But let's look at New Orleans as a market. The only two stars that they've had were because they were bad. Mm -hmm. They got Chris Paul because they were bad. They got Anthony Davis because they were bad. They've never been able to draw in free agents. And let's look at the past two years. They went out and traded a very young star in Buddy Heald. He wasn't a star at that point, but now you can see the burgeoning of a star in Buddy Heald coming out for DeMarcus Cousins. Well, he's 26 years old, 24, 25. (laughs) He's older than Anthony Um, Davis. Okay. Uh, that's a he's very point, poignant yeah. way to put it, but um, he's still <laughs> fairly young. He's, he's a great he's shooter. Been in the I'm league. Not, look, I take Here, nothing away from him. He's been in the league less than Anthony Davis, <laughs> so he's young in his NBA career. Uh, and they did that, and they went out and got DeMarcus Cousins, two put mm-hmm. next to Anthony Davis. They went out and got another star, and Boogie was a star at that point. And then you look at the moves. They went out and signed Julius Randle. They went out and got Nikola Mirotic. They've re-signed Drew Holiday. They have done the best of their abilities to keep him. And yes, they had to overextend. They gave Solomon Hill a way too, uh, a too expensive contract. Yep. Yeah, uh, same with Amir Sheik. Like, they tried <laughs> to do their best yeah. to put stars around Anthony Davis, to put help around Anthony Davis. They just failed at getting the right players at points, which then handicapped them to do a better job to put you know pieces around him. They got to the playoffs last year. They got to the second round. They swept Portland, and that was without DeMarcus Cousins. They did a good job of putting pieces around him, especially in the past three years. I, I disagree with your point of New Orleans didn't do enough. They didn't do enough to win a championship, but with their situation yep. and with their franchise, I think they did enough. I think that not re-signing Boogie is going to haunt them. Mm-hmm. I think had Boogie re-signed with the Pelicans, had they offered him the money uh, that he was looking for, Anthony Davis' situation is not even happening right now because he has a legit mm-hmm. second star next mm-hmm. to him. Drew Holiday is a great two-way player. He's a near all-star. Nothing's going to take away from that. But you can't tell me that Nikola Mirotich plus Randall equals Boogie. But here's the thing that I will counter with, and some people can counter with the fact that even after DeMarcus left, this team did better. Uh, then this team went on a run because of but Anthony they Davis. they changed, basically. That was the difference. Is Boogie and AD never really got to play together. Mm-hmm. Uh, during that last year. Well, and the thing with that is then you went out and got Julius Randle, who was going to help you for the full season. You knew DeMarcus was going to be out until Correct. February. This was going to help you throughout because you saw what you did without AD. So let's get him a partner or at least another player who can be there for the full 82 games in Julius Randle and help you out. I think that was their their plan was we're going to pay DeMarcus Cousins you know, 18 or whatever it was, uh, $18, 20000000 million. I forget what he was looking for from uh, yeah. New Orleans. Uh just for, so for him to sit out until February. Well, we still have you know in October to you know January to play and you know vie for a playoff spot. And right now you saw what they did without Demarcus Cousins. I mean they're still outside of the playoffs right now. Mid-level so, guys don't win championships. Th- and that's fair, but that's, I don't think even with Demarcus Cousins they were going to win a championship. No, but you see Demarcus Cousins come back, and I know there's no way to predict it mm-hmm. how he could have looked coming off coming off of his injury. I'm just saying I predicted it. And I called that what? shit. How, how well DeMarcus would look coming off of his injury. I'm sorry, when? Who was the po- person on the podcast last year yeah. saying that teams should be offering him a max? Well, and they'd be stupid not Dave to. Dave was, I will say, Dave is the one when, and maybe you were like this too, but when I was saying, no, he, he ain't going to play till the playoffs, Dave kept saying January. Uh, January, was, January, fine, January. But I was saying that last year, 
they should be giving him max because well, I mean, it's Demarcus, it's Demarcus Cousins. Cousins. That's like, fair. Of and, course. And I said that he was he was going to come back at like ninety five. But here's the thing I want to say, and like the Demarcus Cousins thing is big, but. The thing that is the crux to the Anthony Davis thing for me with this organization is since 2012. So 2012, they draft Anthony Davis. Mm -hmm. You look at every draft class after that. The 2013 um, draft class, they went ahead and took Nerlens Noel. Okay, cool. Like I can't bash you for that. But then traded it the next year to get Drew Holiday. And it's like, okay, like Drew is still there. That's a good one. But everything after that. The 2014 pick, they traded to get Almir Sheik, um, Caspi, cash considerations, gave that pick away. Could have had a first round. And, but but then let's give what? contact to that. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Sheik, uh, on that Bulls team, was looking very good. It wasn't like he was a was complete buff. Before they, but, was, but I'm uh, saying, like, the yeah, they the overpaid him. But. Mm-hmm. but I'm still saying it's a bad, like, looking back at it, and of course, hindsight's always 2020, bad move. Then you look at the 2018 uh, pick, where, yes, they go ahead and get uh, Nikola from the Bulls, but they give up their first-round pick last year, which turned in for us Chandler Hutchinson. I'm not saying they would have taken Hutch, but they could have drafted somebody in that first round. And then, like Dave said, they drafted Buddy Heald in there. They trade like they, they traded, traded for him. Away. Yeah, I know. So they literally went like from that one. Like you get to Marcus Cousins, which it's kind of like that's yeah. the one where it's mm-hmm. like that and the Drew Holiday one. I push over, but that's it's like yeah. you're well, trading away draft picks for Omira Sheik and Nikola Mirotic. But that's what I was trying to lay out with the small markets. Mm-hmm. That's what you need to do. I, I, I apologize. Sheik went to Houston and then he went to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they poisoned us. Yeah, and he still helped him out. I mean, this was. Uh, Ashik coming off 2012-2013 in Houston, uh, put up 10 and 11, and then uh, a block a game as so well. So you're saying then smaller markets should trade their draft picks? No, I'm not for... saying that you should trade their draft picks, but Anthony Davis came into the league and was already a stud. Yeah. So you needed to put veterans around him. Their idea was to put a veterans around him so they could start winning. See, and also, this was a team as well that was struggling within their own city to stay alive. The ownership ended up moving mm-hmm. to Charlotte. It was just lucky that the Saints ended up uh, you know, keeping the team in, in the NBA. <laughs> yeah. I think Davis was a Hornet a, at one that's point. That's another thing. And, I mean, I know that's a whole different thing. But mm-hmm. the whole messed up thing about the Pelicans is their doctors, because the Saints are the ownership that looks over them, the doctors, and I heard this on the jump, the doctors that look after, like, Anthony Davis when he gets injured, the Saints doctors. Football doctors are looking at basketball players. I where mean, you would think athletic actual, doctor is an athletic doctor in my mind. Football is a little bit different than basketball, though. Like I mean, the treatment both play with balls is a different. I mean, like James Andrews treats every every athlete. Yeah, I say, but you would think that oh, you know, I'm going to have you know doctors that specialize with basketball players compared to, really to football players. I'm just going with it where we talk about most teams where how do they get good? They hit in the draft. And this ownership gave away their draft picks. What they should have done was we drafted AD. Okay, we're going to hit in the draft and get more good players in the draft what did Houston do? to build around him. They didn't hit in the draft. I'm not saying like every they team. They went through but free agency. Like we look they at like Golden up James State. Harden. Golden State they traded did that. for him. No, I'm just saying mm-hmm. uh, to, to counter your point yeah. is the, the Houston Rockets right now are successful because they've made excellent moves in their front office. They've made great trades. They've made great pickups. Because Daryl Morey is smarter than Dell Dumps. I'm not arguing I'm at saying. that point. I'm just yeah. saying you, there's not one path to success in the NBA. Well, Building around draft picks is great if you can draft well. 
they traded two draft picks mm-hmm. for two all-stars. That's sort of is hard to argue. The other picks I agree with, but like... And here's I'm just the thing saying, too. Here's the thing, too. With it, with that 2013 NBA draft, let's mm-hmm. say they don't even trade for, for Drew, right? You have Nerlens, and then Ben McLemore, KCP, Trey Burke, CJ McCollum. Like, you have to go all the way down till 10 till you find a player that's, you know, relevant in the NBA. And then you have Giannis at 15, but no one was going to pick Giannis yep. that early. Then you look at the 2014 draft where uh, they didn't have their pick. It was traded. Anyways, uh, you know, Philadelphia ended up picking Alfred Payton at that point. And you look below him, like there's Dario in there, there's Levine, there's Warren, there's Nurkic. But there's, again, no all-stars down there. They didn't miss out on, like, anyone who would have helped them to win a championship at all, and then you go back to the next season, and you look for the Pelicans, uh, or at least New Orleans. I think I think they were uh, the Pelicans at this point. Uh, the pick that went to the Rockets in that Ashik trade, it was Sam Decker, and there's no All Stars below that at Triple all. Decker. Like there's no players that they missed out on. But the only player that they ended up taking see, that was can't... possible, that's fringe All Star level, mm-hmm. would be Buddy Heald, and then you and trade him for Demarcus Cousins. The only thing I will say to that is. The thing you can't look at is just because, oh, this player went here and didn't go well. First off, that might not have been who the Pelicans took. And plus, but I'm saying Pel- even, even the if they didn't take them, the players the that were available staff, were still not all-stars. But we don't know how they would have developed in New Orleans with Anthony Davis. Like, it could have been... We'll never get to that reality. We don't have a reality all stuff. Less likely. I do, yeah, I do not. Like, I'm not saying it's totally going to happen, but we never know what would happen. I agree, but it's it's very I mean, unlikely that we would see Sam Decker become an all star, become did, a competent, you know, starting player. Did you think Jerry and Grant would be an all star? Bobby Portis, you know, Tyus Jones, like those are the players that are going behind him. It's not hey, like they had, going, if like they the had, best player that would behind him. Bobby, I mean, Nance. I'm not saying Bobby is not an all star player. Dude, but get off of that. Come on, Bobby's, Bobby's not a barely bad getting minutes on the Bulls. He's, he's a small ball center and with an old game and crazy eyes. Like and like the, again, good. like I love him. But maybe like, it maybe Levine hits his peak, you know, quicker, and maybe he's a twenty point scorer, you know, even earlier. And maybe he does take that crazy leap. Maybe TJ Warren's able to play more of his game. But outside of that, again, I don't. Maybe Gary yeah. Harris takes a little bit of it's, a jump. But there's no like players that you look and you're like, wow, look at the talent. I think the only player that you could probably make that argument for would be Zach Levine. Yeah, I, I think the thing to remember too is like we're so far removed from when. You know, these years happened is there was, like Sean said, because Anthony Davis was so good coming into the league, there was an almost instant push to assemble a team around this guy because of how polished, or not how polished, but how amazingly talented he was. Mm-hmm. You know, literally year two in the league was like, this is, is this the guy who's going to take over for LeBron James? And it's been the same question, you know, with KD jumping in, with Giannis jumping in. Mm-hmm. But Anthony Davis's name has lingered this, the entire time. You know, obviously he's been hurt, by, he's been hurt and he's missed some games. But he has a unique skill set, uh, an amazing body, and, and a really good basketball IQ. I think that you're forgetting of, you know, around that time it was, you need to make moves to get talent around this guy because you are wasting his near prime. Like, yeah. like there is no way well, and then that also, you can afford to do this. He had early injury history, too. And that's the so thing. So you wanted to hit you wanted to hit. You can't bank on, on him things. hitting prime at 27. Yeah. You know, his best years as a big man might be. 22 to 26 mm-hmm. and also there was the immediately when you drafted him you saw how good he was there's the immediate thought of 
What happened to Dwight Howard? He wanted out. What happened to Sha- Shaquille O'Neal? He wanted out. It ended up happening with Anthony Davis as well. He finally wants out of this small market. Like, typically, when guys are this good and they're bigs, and it's not like LeBron James out there where he can have the ball in his hands and put up 28-7-7, seven, and seven, um, it's tougher for Anthony Davis to do that because of his player type. Uh, and, and it's tough for those guys to be the centerpiece, the number one guy. I mean, you've said this multiple times on a podcast. Can't build around a center. You can't have mm-hmm. you, the best player on a team be a center. So and while I disagree with that, I think Anthony Davis is probably the exception. I think Jokic could be the exception as well. Um, if we see and, and I mean, Mead as well. Jokic has some good guards around him now. Yeah, but who's the star on that team? Right now it'd be Jokic, but who knows? When they hit their peak, it might be You answer my question. It's Jokic. It no, definitely not going to be Kerry Harris. It could be Jamal Murray. It could, be, Jamal Murray. Or, it could <laughs> be Murray or it could be Michael Porter. I'm just throwing out a name. Like, just, just because cause. right now, I mean, it could there's change a, by the time they get a, their peak. There's a very large talent gap between Murray, Harris, and then Jokic. Um, but what I will say is that just going off this and now back to the Boston yeah. stuff uh, is just I think they did enough that they they, they were trying. It wasn't like they weren't trying. It wasn't like they weren't, you know, going after free like agents. It's not like they weren't trying, but this, they didn't. It wasn't smart moves in my mind. Like, and I like that's my opinion, but it wasn't it's smart tw- moves. It's looking back at it. Yeah, it's hindsight. It's hindsight that doesn't make you know trading for Amir Ashik you know look great. And again, you didn't really need Ashik because again, you had. Well, the idea was uh, to pair Ashik as the low mm-hmm. post. He can defend as well as. You know, Anthony Davis. So you'd have two guys. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh my God, where's this two center thing from? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they tried that again. I don't know about you. I was happy. Me personally, well, was happy when that happened. And then also signing him five years, sixty million was not smart as well. <laughs> yeah, and they no. also signed uh, Agency as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that didn't work out and pan out. But I, again, like they didn't make the best moves. But again, I don't think that was in ill wish. I think they wanted to do their best, and they needed to. F- they felt pressure to make those moves. Um, but let's get to the Boston. Let's stuff. talk why Boston's not going to get. Them. Yeah, I mean the Boston <laughs> stuff could. now. Well, they could. Well, let's talk because you're saying that you're mm-hmm. offering less to the Pelicans exactly. for uh, Anthony Davis. Well, then let's go to New Orleans. You're trying to maximize. You're, we're trying to maximize mm-hmm. Anthony Davis' potential in New Orleans. Now you're going to try to maximize his value. So mm-hmm. if Boston's decreasing their value, why does that mean Boston would get them? Because get here, so here's the moving parts we have. We already know that the Pelicans do not. Even though they've picked up the phone and they're talking to him, the Pelicans do not want to trade Anthony Davis to the Lakers at we all costs. Don't know that. But no, no, no. I from what from not answering the phone to now answering the phone and saying, "Oh, but we don't like the assets you have." The Pelicans, at all costs, this ownership, this um, GM front office, does not want to send him to the Lakers in the West. So that right away tells me Boston is still they have a chip in the game. However, this whole quote from Anthony Davis Sr., you might think like, oh, man, Danny Ainge is, he's scrambling. Oh, what am I going to do now? No, cool as a cucumber. He's sitting there going, great. I'm glad he said this because now I can say, well, hey, he's not going to sign with us long term. Why would I give up Jason Tatum in this trade? I'm already giving you all these draft picks. Why am I going to give you a Jason Tatum if he's not going to sign long-term? And if I'm Boston, I use this to leverage that to pull off, A, pull off the Danny Ainge type of trade that we have seen in recent history and get Anthony Davis in because once Anthony Davis is in the door, 
It could be a Paul George situation. Remember, Paul George, I'm going to L.A. after this year. Oh, you know, it's not that bad here in Oklahoma City. But I think I'm going to stay. That's different than I don't want to go play for this team because of what they've done. That was, I've got nothing against OKC. Mm-hmm. I just want to go play in L.A. Mm-hmm. Yet, I think it's a different again, Anthony Davis could go there and then be like, hey, you but, know what? Like, you know. I, I had, here's, it's not that bad here. Here's, like I had a bad image of this team, and now it's changed. That's that's fine, and they, it still could happen. But mm-hmm. I, I think Dave's point is the fact that Paul George's family members weren't saying I like going out and bashing what Danny Ainge did to Isaiah. The Thomas. only way they're doing Ka- this Kawhi is to Leonard's get cousin or uncle. Uh, what's his fucking name? It's uh, his uncle. But what's his uh, uncle's name? Whatever, uh, Uncle Lenny or whatever. Uh, he he wasn't going out mm-hmm. and bashing uh, Mazzaiuri. Like he wasn't doing that. Like yes, the options are still available for Kawhi Leonard to go back to Los Angeles. We still don't know what he's going to do. Um, but he wasn't viatal in attacking the team that might be trading. Viatal. Uh, what was? What's the word? Volatile. Vital. No, like he wasn't vital. No, you're no. talking like you're a volatile situation. Yeah. Oh, volatile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Whatever, not. Okay. Sorry, I just thought. I don't want to say <laughs> vital. I don't know how to say viat- viatile. <laughs> I was just it weirded out by the way you say it. I was like, what? Uh, anyways, uh, I I don't think there there was the same attacks like mm-hmm. this. This coming from Anthony Davis Senior, and then also Shams coming out and saying that Davis thinks of this as a short term option. I think that means a ton, and I think that means you're not going to trade a Jason Tatum mm-hmm. for him. Maybe that just means Jalen Brown's out there, but that means you're going to decrease the package from Boston to get Anthony Davis, which I think would be smart because you're not going to give up a guy who's probably a future all-star mm-hmm. um, in Jason Tatum for I Anthony mean, Davis who would be there for a year because, yes, Davis would help you in that you know that next year for sure more than mm-hmm. Tatum would, without a doubt. But, again, you need to think of the long-term of this franchise – and Danny Ainge has done that in so many moves to make sure the future of this franchise was great. Not just winning a title, you know, two years from now or next year, whatever. He's trying to make sure this is a title and a franchise and a dynasty that lasts a very long time. Yeah, I just look at it where the whole, like, dad comments is basically, like, I'm going to use a real-life example for me where the real-life job that I'm at right now at first, when I saw it, I was like, man, I don't want to go there. That's not a situation that I want to see myself in. Now that I'm there, I'm like, you know what? It's not as bad as I thought. And I think that's what it's like. They're looking from the outside going, you know what? They they don't like their players, and they're like, they don't care about them. Look at what they did to well, Isaiah Thomas. Who knows? If he's traded there, might have a different kind of situation. And AD might say, hey, you know what? I kind of do want to sign And that's a fair point. But also, I mean, you can also look at Boston in general. And I think they they didn't move on from Bill Russell when Mm -hmm. he was the star there. They didn't move on from Larry Bird. They let him retire as a Boston Celtic. But then once you get back into the 2000s era, and I know this is different. Because Boston, you know, Brooklyn came with the crazy trade, <laughs> but they didn't let Paul Pierce retire as a, a Boston you Celtic. And, you can't pass that up. And, and I, I think they consulted Paul, but that's mm-hmm. something that was a little iffy. Then you obviously look at the Isaiah Thomas stuff. Like, do they have a commitment to making these long-term commitments and letting their star players, their franchise guys, retire as Boston Celtics? Because then you could look on the flip side in L.A., the only franchise player that didn't retire as a Laker would be Shaq. Because Kobe, they rode that way too long. Ah, uh, uh, but but that's I loyalty. Mean, Paul Pierce. That's te- loyalty. That, that's the thing. Exactly. Is, look, he they, technically retired as a Celtic. Who? Paul Pierce. They shipped him out of town. No, they shipped him, but then he signed his ceremonial contract and he retired. Yeah, but at Boston they literally Celtic. traded away the guy that got them another championship. 
That's what I was. That, They're my, like, my we're po- done with these with these old guys. Get them out. I'm saying like, and it was the best move of the franchise in the last mm-hmm. what, yeah. twenty years. Oh, I'm not bashing the move, but, but no, it's. Still I'm just is, trying to point out yeah. like they didn't ride Paul Pierce until the like he wasn't un- untradeable. Mm-hmm. Like exactly. Dirk right now, I know he has no trade value, but he's untradeable. They yeah. were not going to trade Dirk Nowitzki. Yep. Um, like Paul Pierce had more of a similar ending to Vince Carter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vince obviously wasn't as Vince beloved as Paul Pierce was. Uh, in in yeah, uh, Boston obviously went you know Toronto. Uh, New Jersey, then I think Orlando, and then just fucking Maverick Suns. Uh, just everywhere. But I, I think that you look at Paul Pierce, then he you know, obviously went Brooklyn, uh, Washington, then uh, L.A. Um, but looking at the Lakers was my point, is they rode Kobe for way too long. They got rid of Shaq because Kobe was their guy. He was younger. He was better. Um, then you look at uh, Magic. They rode Magic and helped him come back You know, in 96 as well. They rode Kareem. They rode mm-hmm. Wilt. Uh, they rode... Um, uh, Jerry as well. Like these guys stayed forever, and I'm not saying that you know obviously different ownerships through all those you know years. Um, and I'm not saying that Boston Celtics would not do that. Um, and and are you know you can you can only look at the past two guys and Isaiah Thomas and Paul Pierce. Mm-hmm. Um, and even then Isaiah Thomas is a pretty weak franchise guy compared to Larry Bird, Paul Pierce, oh, and fucking Bill Russell. He, he um, was a flash-in-the-pan player. I mean, he was so good for such a short exactly. amount of time. I think that that is fair to bring up the fact that, again, this is mm-hmm. you looking on the outside, looking in. Um, but I think that still doesn't change what they're saying now and the fact that Boston is going to decrease their offer. So, yes, Anthony Davis could change his mind. But if I'm an, I am Danny Ainge, I'm definitely reconsidering giving up Jason Tatum in this deal because that could still leave the possibility of Jason Tatum just being a New Orleans Pelicans and Anthony Davis leaving me in 2020. Mm-hmm. That's my thought. Dave, let's wrap up the, the Celtic talk at least. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think that it's it's going to be a long shot. I, I agree with you on the, the lowered offer is scary, but at the same time, you know, like you said, if they can bring him in next year, there's no telling what the Warriors will look like, which means they've got probably one of the top five chances of going mm-hmm. for a championship, which pretty pretty great odds. It would Especially be if KD in. goes to New York. Unfortunately, if Kyrie mm-hmm. goes to New York, too. That, too. Mm-hmm. But we'll touch on that later. Yeah. Uh, I, I just think that it, it is a risk, but they have the assets to pull the trigger. And I think at some point, I, I'm, at, I'm, I'm coming close to the point of shit or get off the pot. Like, you guys have all these picks. You can either ride it out and fully roll through and just develop a shit ton of talent, but you've got so much talent on your team right now that the, some of the later picks haven't got time to develop. And that's where I'm like, all right, so this is clearly to move these picks to go get established mm-hmm. talent. So do it. There's not going to be much more. There's not going to be well, many better they established stay on the talent pot the than Anthony though. Davis. That's it's what that? I was going to bring up was the <laughs> fact that I don't know who else is going to be the next star that tries to push their way out yeah. of a situation. Because you look at the top 15 players. I don't think Harden's moving. LeBron's definitely not moving. Mm-hmm. KD might move as a free agent, but you're not going to be able to trade for him. All those assets Unless you've built up, you're not gonna... yeah. But again, that means KD yeah. wants to sign there, and I don't think KD wants to sign there, or I don't think he's going to be interested in signing mm-hmm. there. Um, we never know, uh, but I, KD, I'm just yeah. saying <laughs> most likely that's not going to happen. Right? If you're, I'm just talking strictly in yep. trades. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's not many guys that haven't already been traded, haven't already been moved, or are just going to be free agents this year. No, so, what I'll... guys would you be able to go out and get after outside of Anthony Davis? I think that's a very fair point that you made. Um, what package would you be comfortable uh, giving giving up, Dave? I uh, would probably. I'm good for Jason. No, Jason Tatum is just it's it's close because I think that that's what it takes to get it done, regardless of the statements that have been made mm-hmm. publicly. I think that the Pelicans wouldn't pull the trigger without 
Tatum in there. Yeah. But I think the they could probably go in with an offer starting at you know Jalen Brown, Rozier, and what you well, need like Morris in there. Rozier's a little iffy because he'll need to. Well, uh, Morris is a free agent. And then Rosier right. is going to be a RFA, mm-hmm. right? So, so you, but you need to balance the contract. Is what I'm saying. So you need to add mm-hmm. in, but it's going to be like Morris in there, but off season. So they're going to have to deal oh, with that. Oh, I'm sorry. So I'm thinking before deadline. No, because um, they won't be able to do it with Kerry. Yeah, well, yeah. So, you, but well, that's like but, when you were like shit up off the pot. I'm like, hey, they got to wait till the off season. But the, but the point you're yeah. trying to make is the fact that you you were not willing to give up Tatum. I don't I don't think that they want to give up Tatum. For it, but I think that's what it would take for the Pelicans to move him. Okay, we'll get to which package yep. would you take a little bit later. Let's move to the Lakers, obviously mm-hmm. the place that AD wants to go. Um, the offer that I think was thrown out there was Lonzo, Ingram, Zubat, um, and then a first-round pick. I think that was the latest I saw from the LA Times. Might be different, um, but I do not think Kuzma was in there, and I do not think Hart was in there. So Zo, uh, Ingram, Zubat, and then uh, the first-round pick. What do you think of this for the Lakers? Is this enticing if you are the New Orleans Pelicans, Ricky? Do you think that this is a very good offer, or would you wait and wait into the offseason until Boston might be able to you know, offer up Jason Tatum? Is, is this something that is mm-hmm. a pull-the-trigger now on an Anthony Davis move, if you're the Pelicans? Because obviously the Lakers would want to do it. Mm-hmm. If I'm the Pelicans, and obviously the two trades that I came up with were— before the Lonzo news um, about him picking, like, oh, New York or Chicago is where I want to go. That can always be figured Th- out. That can always be figured out. But the two that I came up with um, included Lonzo going somewhere else. But if I'm the Pelicans, when it comes to the Lakers, if I'm this ownership, I'm kind of stubborn with it. I'm going, you know what? If you want this deal to go through, I need B.I., I need Kuzma. If they like Zubak and want him in, I need him, and I need Lonzo, and I need picks. Without all three of them, no dice. No dice. Well, four with Zubak. No dice. And the Pelicans could technically do that to the Lakers because it's like, how much do you really want him? Because he's not – like, we could do this next year. We still have him under contract next year. We don't have to move him now. You know what? If you don't want to do that, we'll just see what Boston will do in the offseason. It's okay, Magic. It's okay. I think that's fair. The only thing I would say is if you trade for him now, you do have more control over Ex- them. I mean, exactly. I, you know, obviously yeah. that doesn't mean anything because, mm-hmm. you know, you're getting uh, half a season instead of, you know, the full season and, and next year. Um, but still, those, you know, 30 games could be integral to, you know, just getting them into the system and playing with mm-hmm. Drew Holiday. Um, Dave, what do you think at least about the trade? Like, for the Pelicans, like, is are those guys that you can build around and make a franchise out of? And uh, at least Ingram, uh, Zubat, and then that pick that's going to be coming uh, for, from the Lakers. Because obviously, Zoe uh, doesn't want to be playing in New Orleans because he doesn't fit with uh, Holiday in his mind. I think he would fit great with Holiday, but you know what? It's not a big enough brand for <laughs> well, the he just wants to mar- What do you, what do you think, though, at least for Ingram as the centerpiece of a AD deal? I would love to see Ingram be able to run a team and do his own thing a hundred percent like he's got a weird mid-range game that a lot of people want to disrespect because basically he got put alongside lebron and it's not worked out with both of them on the court so people think he's he has like regressed this year when lebron's on the court because he doesn't stand behind the three-point line and shoot and that's not his game and force him to do that makes him look really bad mm-hmm. so on the court performance not so hot lately so i think people have kind of cooled on ingram but i think he still has the talent he still has the body to play um, I would be intrigued to see him on uh, Pelican's team where he can be a centerpiece. I think that that's the right way to treat him. I think he's still got a ton of potential. I think he's definitely still up there. 
I don't know if I really care. Like Zubox, just whatever. Like I don't, I don't value him. He he is a backup center in my mind. Top end, that that that's nothing. Uh, pick, I don't know. It's it's okay, but what are you gonna do with picks? I mean, that's the question. This Pelicans team, are they going to do do a full fire sale? Is my expectation? Are you moving Nico? Are you moving Drew? Are you moving AD all in the same period of time? Or is this just we're gonna you know move AD out and then we're gonna try to quick rebuild? Mm-hmm. Like, are they gonna pull one of those on us? As a Bulls fan, I can say quick rebuild out loud and mm-hmm. not be made fun of. But uh, I just that's my thing is the direction of Pelicans determines what the best deal is. If they want to go for a full rebuild, you take the picks and you take the potential and you'd be happy with it. But if they want to just build around Drew Holiday and try to compete again, you know, in the near future, mm-hmm. then I think they're looking at a different set of set of assets and just staying with the lakers because i think we'll get into what other teams should be should they look at yeah. and what other uh, assets should they look at um the one thing that i do want to mention because if they do make that trade and mm-hmm. lonzo does end up playing for the pelicans ingram does play for the pelicans yeah. kuzma ends up playing for the pelicans um you look just at the 2017 2018 lakers because that's what you're making uh you will have one of the better lineups from that team uh the be- the third best line or fourth best lineup uh, from the Lakers in 2017-2018 uh, was Lonzo Ball, KCP, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, and Randall uh, per 100 possessions uh, in 97 minutes. They were plus 15.2 points per game uh, per 100 possessions. Then you look at their next one, it had Ingram, Randall, uh, Hart, KCP, Lopez. That was plus 10. And then the fifth, uh, sixth best lineup uh, was Lonzo, KCP, Ingram, Lopez, and Randall. So the, at Who least even the, cares the about connections. Randall? You got Ja. You have Cha, but I think at least the connection of having Randall there, um, you saw Ingram yeah. being able to move the ball a little bit more because you know again you're playing up, you're playing quicker, you're playing faster. Um, yeah. he, you know, Lonzo, and defensively, Lonzo, Drew, and Bi mm-hmm. all together, that is disgusting. And apparently, Ja as well. He's been a great rim protector. Yeah, uh, he does not give a ton of effort. Yep. I was joking. I know. Uh, he had that one game. Some people might yep. uh, take that. Yeah, the six block game. Yeah. Uh, but. Let's go into the direction of what they should go mm-hmm. into because obviously we'll get back to the Lakers because that's most likely is. Can uh, I pull a classic Ricky move? Yeah, go ahead. I got a trade. Okay, great. So it's a three-team trade: Lakers, Pelicans, and Bulls. And I'm just spitballing this in my head. So go slow. The Lakers would get AD. That's all they get. Okay. The Bulls would get Lonzo. That's all they get. The Pelicans, they get Rolo from the Bulls. They get Bi, Lance Stevenson, Kyle Kuzma. Zubak, and then what I'm thinking pick-wise is, and this is the question of will this work. So question is, would the Lakers be able to give their 2019 and the Bulls can give their 2019? That works because yeah, they're from two different teams. Yeah, well, because I didn't know about the like back-to-back years. That's only with one team, right? As long as the Bulls... Di- Here's the th- yes, it works. Okay, I'll just keep <laughs> so it simple. Yes. The yes. thing I would add to the Pelicans is <laughs> let, they would get the let Lakers... Let me explain it. The Celtics have the Grizzlies and Kings pick. So, yes. It's, okay. It's, it's so, fair. the Lakers would give their pick this year to the Pelicans. The Bulls would give theirs, but it would be a p- top five protection on that pick. Zero chance they do a top five protection. like that. Well, on. no, no, no. But if I'm the Bulls, the only way I'm giving well, that up. Otherwise, I'm giving my 2020 pick. But here, the then put it this way. You're trading... A top five protected pick. Mm-hmm. So you, if you're not, if you and get Robin fucked, Lopez and Robin Lopez, uh, which is a very big contract uh, that you're just going to let. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a one year. Uh, but but only... I'm saying that having freeing up 14 mm-hmm. is big. And yeah. that, does that work salary cap wise? Yes, it does. How it works? <laughs> because I'm just, I'm just curious. So the Pelicans would take on 27.8 um, because they have trade exceptions. 
um, for okay. Kuzma. And they're giving and up 23? They're giving up 25. And then the Lakers give up the Bulls, give up the 14, but they only take in 7.5. Okay, I guess they hit the floor then. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that is big because you're, you're, you're giving up, you're, you're not giving up, you're, you're, your $14 million, uh, could be huge at least getting rid of uh, for the Bulls. And, and you're, the reason why the Pelicans could take on more is they could use, for Kuzma and Zubak, they would use about a mil and a half each. Yeah, I was more confused about the, the Bulls Cunningham. giving up 14 and only taking up like five or whatever is for the yeah. lots That's all I was wondering. Uh, I keep that trade around because I don't think mm-hmm. it's horrible. Um, at all, I, I think I think that's what we're going to base. I mean, it Robin off, so. Lopez and a protected first for Lonzo Ball. Well, that's they would like get two right? firsts this year. They would get. Well, the thing is with well, the Bulls, break it down to just Pelicans to Bulls. That's so what he's saying. Pelicans the Bulls. The Pelicans would give nothing to the Bulls and get Rolo, who's off the books they would next give year. Lonzo Ball to the Bulls. Sure, they would give Lonzo Ball, but That's really, in my mind, he's going from the Lakers to the Bulls. Never, yes, but, the but just, but. but yeah. So they would give Lonzo to the Bulls. They get Rolo, and really, it would be a 2020 first round pick because if I'm the Bulls, if you want me to put the 2019 in there, I'm going top five protected. And the way I look at it is, yeah. You could run the well, risk of falling out, but the Bulls are at 12 what Dave's wins. Saying, what Dave is saying, what Dave is saying yeah. is just that's a lot to give up for Lonzo. I'm right? saying, is that enough to give up for Lonzo? Really? And that's the I thing I was worried his, about, his what the Pelicans want Because you're more. clearing up, because then you're giving them a contract that's going to clear up $14 million in cap space. Mm-hmm. Then you're also giving them a top 10 pick for sure. Right, but we were literally a week ago talking about, you know, just cutting... Robin Lopez, so he could go play with like the Warriors or mm-hmm. some shit. Or Jabari. Like, if like Wendell Carter didn't go down, that would have already happened. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's kind of interesting that we're basically just saying like, all right, so you guys give us Lonzo and you can have a 2020 pick for it. It's almost just like, but wow. it's the Bulls' 2020 pick. And Which do you think the Bulls good. are what? What? What'd you say? It'll be pretty good. Yeah, like it'll be a good pick. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, how, it will be a good pick. Do you think Lonzo has no value? He's a six-five point guard with amazing defense. They're going to get and good facilitation. Did you say it's like, unprotected, Ricky? No, I'm saying so. Basically, what I'm saying is it's going to be a 2020 first round pick because unprotected, unpro- either unprotected 2020 or a top five protected um, 2019 pick, which in my mind would convey to the 2020 pick because. What I'm looking at now, yeah. I don't see Memphis catching us, but that's a okay. risk. Memphis is six, and they're, so, what, six games back of us? Let's say that doesn't convey. Then you get the Bulls' unprotected 2020 pick. Yeah. The Bulls aren't going to be good in 2020. We're probably not going to be great. So that means you have the possibility but of we getting be. the number one pick for Lonzo Ball. Lonzo, would, no, because Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine, question mark still. Mm-hmm. I can say Hutch. We could still move Chris Dunn, Chris Dunn and um, Wendell Wendell Carter, mm-hmm. like that. That ain't terrible. Who's their coach? That's that's Mark Jackson. The, Who's their front office? Yeah, Mark Jackson. If we get Mark Jackson, Mark Jackson's their head coach. We, we, I would. We it's pull, an upgrade over Jim Boylan, but I still hate Mark Jackson. We could Jackson. pull a, a Nets Kings esque run where mm-hmm. we're just not the worst team. I I, think I that, don't know. I think that that core would actually be pretty good because you need a defense like the Chris Dunn. Next this to core was going to be good. It wasn't. I mean, it's been it's, a train wreck. Well, it's been well, a one leader. leader. We need a fearless leader. And, and you still have Jerry Reinsdorf and Michael. I'm not together. turning this into a bullshit. But <laughs> we're going to talk about them later. But this Every is going, this is bad. This, this team's going to be bad next mm-hmm. year. Probably. I, I will. I will place the under on 20 wins for them next year. I will go over. 
They can I, have they I'll, can have guys who can score. Money on it? I'll drop. We'll it. wait. We'll wait. Okay. To just see what actually happens. The question <laughs> after, the, after the trade deadline, we'll make that bet. Let okay. me throw this out. Let's put it to the Lakers. No, is hold on. what after after when the season starts? Because I need to know who the fucking head coach is going to be I and who bet, and who I is their GM going to be. Regardless of that. <laughs> no, because I'm not. Because if they don't have Jim Boylan, that gives them plus five wins already. Here's the question I'll throw out. So with this. Lonzo, B.I., Stevenson, Kuzma, Zubak, and a 2019 first. Stupid question. If you're a Lakers fan, are you sitting there going like, man, 80 is good, but do we have to give up all that? Do we have to give, give up all up that? To give... No, I know, yeah. but like, Zero is someone going to sit Kuzma, there? You keep Hart. Yes, please. No, Kuzma's in this I deal. I still don't care. Yeah, Kuzma would go to the Pelicans. You have Anthony Davis. You have Anthony two, Davis and LeBron James. two top five players, top, and possibly two top three. You have room to pick up another one. Exactly. Because he's only $20 million, $23 million. Uh, let's go to what they should be looking for in the Pelicans. This is going to be a long first segment. Uh, what should they be looking for? Should they be looking for young players like Jason Tatum, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, et cetera? Or should they be looking for veteran players? Uh, maybe like a Gary Harris uh, out in Denver. Maybe like a Pascal Siakam who's a little more aged um, in Toronto. What should they be looking for in a, in, a dra- uh, in a trade in your mind? I think they go pure potential give me lottery picks let me go at it and do a full rebuild like Mm -hmm. i i don't want them to try to be a quick rebuild around drew holiday and randall like that's i don't even know if randall's a long-term piece there but he's a two-year deal i believe you said it was a one-on-one i thought um thank you and i i just wonder like what would the benefit of that be you look at the west and i don't understand how anyone can possibly think outside of the top four teams. Drew Holiday has two years and then a player up. That, that's no, not how you were talking, talking about Julius Randle. Oh, okay. Uh, Julius Randle signed for two years, $17 million with a player option. Yeah. So would that be... One-on-one. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, but, you know, I just, unless you're a top team in the West, there's there's zero chance that a team could rebuild quickly enough to compete uh, around Drew Holiday. So, no. I think that you sell the farm. You go, look... We, we can go get a bunch of young talent and assets, whether if you go the rumors about the Philly deal or whatever, you know, you want to put out there for Drew Holiday, he's got good value. Anthony Davis has good value. You could turn this team around and get a bunch of guys, whether you take the L.A. package or the Celtic package. I'd be happy with one of those, and I would move uh, Drew Holiday. I would see if anybody wants Nico to help fill in for a playoff push. I would, I would just fire sale. Like, this is a team that could flip over from – Having two All Stars basically this year. Uh, did Drew actually get in, or he got snub? Uh, he did not. Get, okay, get it. So he got he got a snub uh, from having Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday into having basically just a bunch of kids in the you know under twenty five, mm-hmm. and then a, a gluttony of draft picks in the upcoming years. Because you brought it up, I just want to ask you yeah. your thought on it because we didn't get it before the podcast. But what you had mentioned, in case no one knows, is um, Brandon Robinson tweeted, and I got this from our board Jake. Um, where apparently the Sixers offered Fultz, Zaire, Wilson Chan- Chandler, not Will- not Winston Chandler, Wilson I'm Chandler. I'm going to Winston because um, that's you. And a 2021 draft pick. From the Heat. The Heat. For Drew Holiday. Just keep, keep okay, answer the deal. Would you do that? If I'm the Pelicans? Yeah. Pelicans, yeah. Yeah, I pulled the trigger on that. See, here's the thing is I don't think that was an actual trade offer because the 76ers aren't stupid. Yeah. I mean, you have Markel Fultz, who is not playing for mm-hmm. you. You have Zaire Smith, who just went through uh, something very tragic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yeah. don't know. You know, Obviously, he's struggling. He's going to be back, apparently, on uh, February 7th in the G League. But how is he going to help you this year? 
Um, and then you look at Winston, uh, Wilson Chandler. No, just roll. Christ. We're rolling with Rick Winston, Winston. Fuck it. Uh, Winston, <laughs> he's Chandler. Winston Chandler. Um, I mean, he's not he's not a piece that's going to help you win this year. I mean, like you need depth on that team. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Sixers and they're strongly lacking that. But you're clearing up space as well to just sign somebody who might Could be better imagine? than Wilson Chandler. And then Winston. that tw- that, that, tw- that 2021 pick. It is valuable, but again, you're going for mm-hmm. a championship, and Drew Holiday can help you win a championship. Here, yeah, Drew Spaces, I, I, they're not he plays stupid. defense. That Here's be, the only question I throw into that. That might be the best is, defensive team in the league. If that, and Real we're thing. going on the if that trade is true, yep. the yeah. only reason why I think about making that if I'm the Pelicans, if I'm looking at that and saying, hey, I'm getting rid of AD anyways, like the sky is falling, Yeah. why not roll the dice oh, on a Markel? Uh, no, why not roll on a Smith? And then tank your pick, which is right now top ten, to try to get closer to that top I mean, five. Well, you're going to play. You're going to take yeah. naturally. Yeah, you exactly. don't. You're going to take naturally once you get rid of the, the top no, five. No, and that's players. what I'm saying. Like Drew alone can kind of keep you. Like yeah, you'll fly a little bit up, maybe nine eight, but like you'll stay almost in the same range. Mm-hmm. Whereas Washington, you get rid carrying, of both of them, boom. Yeah, Washington's basically at what nine. Eight. Eight. Eight Detroit Riley Beal, and here's the thing: like, he's mm-hmm. one man carrying. Blake is one man carrying yeah. Detroit. I don't care about Andre Drummond, but yeah. like it's just Blake. You can so Jackie Moon. No, you got those no, players. They will absolutely. The, the, the thing is, is that they need to find a deal right now for Anthony mm-hmm. Davis that's yeah. going to work for them yep. before they trade all these players. Because exactly. if yes. Anthony Davis find if they find a trade for Anthony Davis, which we're trying to find figure out mm-hmm. in the segment. Uh, they're going to trade Drew Holiday as media before the trade deadline. They're going to get rid of him as quick Absolutely. as possible because that's going to be the highest value he's going to have. They're going to get rid of Julius Randle. Who wouldn't want Julius Randle for $9 million and a player option that he's going to decline? Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't, you get him for $8 million. That sounds pretty damn good to me. A bench five in Julius Randle who gives a ton of effort and hustle out there, yeah, he's not the greatest player out there. But a bench center that does that for you, I think that'd be extremely interesting. And he moves the ball as well. You're going to trade Miritich because Miritich off the bench for a team could be great. Maybe include him on on that Philly deal as well. Him coming off the bench for Philly, kind of like a Dario situation, that'd be extremely interesting. You're also getting April Nico, which we know he balls the fuck out. Um, We saw what happened last time he moved teams. They're going to get... They're going to you know, sell the farm with, without a doubt because they're going to try to get Zion Williamson. They're mm-hmm. going to try to tank this team. They're going to let the young guys play. That's the clear thing. But you need to find a trade for Anthony Davis, and you cannot rush that. And that's the one thing. Is, Can you? No. The, I mean, the Lakers one that, that, that was supposedly on the table was not too far off of something I would accept. Mm-hmm. But the, the question is. Do you believe in their scouting? Do but you the question is, guys? let's go now to the overarching of what, what you should do. Yep. You're saying that they should go young. Right? Absolutely. Ricky, I know 100%. you're saying they sh- they should go young. Mm-hmm. We're two um, cares. So let's look at this. What what player helps your team and your future more? Is it Brandon Ingram and pieces, or is it Jason Tatum and draft picks? I personally could not pass up the Tatum. We already laid out the thing with, you know, maybe they decline their offer a little bit. Maybe they pull back uh, and, and don't offer Jason Tatum. But if Tatum is out there... I want to hear it from Boston. And we're not going to hear it from Boston mm-hmm. until it's legal in the offseason. And I think if you are the Norman Pelicans, you have to wait on that. See, and that's... Because Drew Howdy is still going to be valuable next year. And that's the thing. Sure. If I'm the Pelicans, I am pushing... Like, the Lakers, I'm almost just kind of fucking with them all. See, like, this last week, I'm just going to mess with them. Where it's basically like, nope, not good enough. Just to see... How juicy I can get that offer. Like, and then if the Lakers offer something where you're like, man, that's a Nets offer. I cannot pass that mm-hmm. up. 
then pull the trigger. They, not, I'm not saying can, that's going to happen. Well, I just don't think they can ever give yeah. them a Nets deal because but, here's, because the thing is is that, yes, LeBron James is getting older, but mm-hmm. you're still going to have Anthony Davis on that and team. The thing I want to throw <laughs> so, out yeah. there is Literally anything and another Max contract where you're probably going to sign Kyrie. We're looking at two teams. I got two dark horses for you okay. and two projected trades. Sure. One's the Raptors. Yep. If they offer, throw any pick packages you want to throw in with those, but if they give Siakam. Serge, Siakam, Mm-mm. and OG. No. Get rid of Siakam, or uh, Serge, and put in Valanchunas. Well, or Valanchunas, either one of those. Or Denver, and where probably, probably with Denver, you can get a Gary Harris, who's young, Michael Porter Jr., which kind of on the Markel mm-hmm. Zaire front of like, yeah, he hasn't played, but the potential. Yeah. And then in Isaiah Thomas to make the contract work for AD. If, if I'm the Pelicans, I'm flick it, flipping uh, Harris from Murray because he's younger and has more potential. Well, but um, would Denver want to give up Murray over don't, Harris? I don't care. I have the power. I have Anthony Davis. You don't. And I want Jamal I'm, Murray. I'm asking if you're Denver, would no, you give up Jamal I, Murray? My thing was, you're. I would get rid of Isaiah Thomas and make it Porter Jr. and Millsap. Get rid of Millsap's contract because I think he's got a team option anyways, mm-hmm. um, and you, you, he's going to be redundant. You don't need well, him. Uh, so I would obviously include Millsap. You clear, clear up contract because, again, get, he has a team option for next year. Uh, and then you look at uh, Michael Porter Jr. I personally wouldn't. I le- love Jamal Murray too much. He's young. He fits that timeline. And I know yeah. obviously Anthony Davis is much better than Jamal Murray, but I'm going to do my best to keep on and hold on to him and try to make it so sure that it's uh, Millsap, uh, Harris, and uh, Porter Jr. deal. Because I do not want to give up uh, Jamal Murray, especially if I know that you know AD is going to be leaving the next year. That's why I don't want to give up uh, Julius Randle if he's going to be leaving next year. This mm-hmm. is why the only team that I think is possible for him to go to is the Los Angeles Lakers. If a, if a player wants to follow the get me the fuck out of this town and get me to that town, Follow what Anthony Davis is running right now. Mm-hmm. Push them into the pressure where, and this is a very unique situ- situation where the Boston Celtics, who can offer the best package, cannot Can't. do so because of the Rose Rule. Um, you're playing with the perfect storm here because you gave them two weeks to rush. Mm-hmm. You gave them— You gave the, your two weeks notice. You, you closed off mm-hmm. their best option, mm-hmm. and you arguably are just screwing every other team that you know cannot be in the situation of win this year— and then next year you're just up and up for grabs pretty much because you know if you give up you know Anthony Davis and you have Kawhi and Anthony Davis in Toronto next year that'd mm-hmm. be great right but it's not a for sure certain thing that Kawhi's going to stay yeah. and yes you have I Anthony mean, Davis but then Anthony Davis is just going to leave you the next year and you look at the Nuggets like yeah you have Jokic you have Anthony Davis mm-hmm. and you have you know let's say Jamal Murray are those three going to take down the Warriors if Kevin Durant stays no mm-hmm. I think they still need time and I know rumors are rumors but the rumors say that right now Kawhi might be leaning towards the Clippers in free agents so, I mean we don't know yeah uh, but I, I just think that if anything's going to happen before the trade deadline it's the Lakers and it's mm-hmm. only Lakers yeah. and I don't think anything else is going to be on the table I think that it's going to happen in the offseason because I don't think the Pelicans are stupid. Mm-hmm. They're going to get the most in the offseason. Watch it the Lakers, tomorrow. The Lakers, I hope so. Well, the I, Lakers, hope, I hope most of the Lakers, the Lakers are the still going to give The Lakers are still going to give up that same package mm-hmm. next year. That package is not going to get any worse because you get to do that trade on draft day and, you know, shit, that, that draft pick is still going to be the same draft pick. Unless the Lakers pull a Derrick Rose and they go from the 14th pick all the way to one and they add Zion to the deal. They can't because they'll be in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, well, if they're not. They will be. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing, too, is that LeBron if I'm the Pelicans, I'm not even waiting until the Anthony Davis mm-hmm. thing. I'm trading Drew Holiday. I'm trading Julius Randle. I'm trading Nicole Meritage. <laughs> your ass wants to be out. We didn't give you help. We're not giving you help now. We're trading away your help. And you're not going to play. Fire sale. John's going to put bench. up 
numbers. I can't wait. <laughs> the biggest uh, numbers. Final thoughts, Dave. <laughs> the biggest. Uh, I, I agree. This is this has been one of those interesting trade deadline like rundowns. The KP situation just kind of messes yep. with this even more. We didn't we didn't talk about it tonight, but it was the whole like he came out. He's like, I don't want to play for this team because you guys want to lose, and I don't want to do that. And get me out of here. And guess what? That was came out that that was one of the locations that. Uh, he would have been okay with going to. AD would have been okay with going to Boston. Not to Boston. Yikes. New York. To New York. So I think that's kind of funny. Um, another player forcing his way out of town, mm-hmm. obviously. But with New Orleans. New Orleans wanted Kristaps, but also Kristaps would not want New Orleans. So. Exactly. Ain't that a B? Mm-hmm. Uh, no. I think it's fun. I think AD is probably going to end up a Laker. I'm hoping it happens by trade deadline. Yeah. I, I think I, I'm hoping the package gets pulled, and that's what it is. The league steps in and goes classic. Nope, can't happen. I, I would. <laughs> Adam Silver's it's been a such new, a good It's dude. a New Orleans-LA trade. Can't happen. The last thing I, like, the perfect thing I saw today is a tweet that's like, NFL, can you at least give us Super Bowl week? NBA, I don't know anybody's shit. <laughs> <laughs> I. Final thing with uh, and Super Bowl is going to dominate on Sunday. I don't think the NFL yeah. cares. I don't know. Anthony Davis is a Laker a trade people on watching Sunday. it where the <laughs> finals get like That'd 30. Be um, <laughs> anyways, uh, my <laughs> final thought is what you said is kind of exactly what I was trying to sum up with the Pelicans that they couldn't get them help because no one wanted to go to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So, Chris Dops, a player that's not even under contract with New Orleans, it was just an idea. They already knew that they weren't going to get a, a player of that level to stay there. So they need to get guys like Amir Sheik, who had some good years, and maybe he'll even grow a little bit more, and, and that's the guys we're going to take shots on. Drew yeah. Holiday, rookie deal. We're going to have to keep him around. And he even said 90% of the reason why he stayed was because of Anthony Davis. So, like, if he didn't have a star, you'd be losing a top 10 guard, uh, or a top at least 15 guard, yeah. uh, if we're talking both point guard and shooting guard. Yeah. Uh, top 15, top 10 guard. Like You wouldn't have had that guy. You need to take risk when you are small markets like New Orleans, especially one that isn't a flourishing market, the one that consistently doesn't have sellouts. Like That's the biggest problem with New Orleans. And you see it in just trade talks this year. You see it in the way that they haven't been able to build around Anthony Davis. It's tough to be a small market team like that. And if I'm the New Orleans Pelicans... I'm going to trade Drew Holiday for Markel Fultz because I don't know what Markel Fultz can be, but he's young and he might want to stay because we gave him a home that was, you know, at least a little bit more secluded and wasn't in the middle of Philadelphia. I want to try to get Brandon Ingram because I want to see if he can be the focal point of my team because he is young. And hey, maybe he will like the team that we're building around and the youthfulness around this team. Those are the shots you have to take. And if the, you know, if all else fails, you can possibly trade a Brandon Ingram on a rookie deal contract, or you have him on RFA, so I shouldn't even yeah. say that. Uh, we're not talking about the fucking New York Knicks here. Uh, <laughs> but this is this is a team that I, I think that you know they're going to struggle to at least build consistently, and the only way they're going to do it is through the draft and through young players. So at least get to that as quick as possible, but do not rush it when it comes to AD because you can possibly see a better deal in the offseason and you need to wait on that. Because if the Bulls come knocking with a Zion Williamson, you cannot turn that down. Uh, if the Knicks come knocking with their pick for Zion Williamson, you cannot turn that down. If Boston somehow fucking gets it, you cannot turn that down. Uh, it's as simple as that. I don't think Boston can get it uh, just because, well, the Kings thing, which, no, because the Kings, if it's number one, it goes to Philly, right? Mm-hmm. So that too. Boston's taken out. Uh, and then Philly gets AD. Anyways, uh, that's oh, fuck. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, bye, anyways, bye, Jimmy. Hello, AD. <laughs> that's just my my thought. Is that you know 
it's tough for New Orleans. They're in a bad situation, and you just have to try to get out of it as quickly as possible, but also as smart as you possibly can. So let us know your thoughts on the AD situation down in the comments below. But let's move into the next topic, and that is Lonzo Ball. Touched on him a little bit in the Anthony Davis topic that went for an hour long. Uh, so shout out to everybody who listened to that on iTunes or checked it out on YouTube. Uh, also, don't forget to check us out on Twitter, uh, twitter.com slash mostvaluepod. But let's jump into the Lonzo part of this. Um, we mentioned it a little bit when we were talking about the Lakers deals that uh, Lonzo Ball does not want to go to New Orleans. He doesn't think that he would be a good fit with Drew Holiday. Um, the report coming that I'm reading, at least, is from the Sun-Times. Uh, Lonzo Ball prefers trade to Chicago or the Knicks. Obviously, that might change a little bit because that was before the Dennis Smith Jr. trade came out. But we're going to talk as two Chicago fans and uh, 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 athe- impartial, athe- impartial fan, uh, an, uh, a Denver fan. Let's n- be honest, no, a, a non-fan uh, of any <laughs> NBA team, uh, but just of the NBA. Um, we'll talk about what Lonzo Ball could mean for Chicago. So, Ricky, I'll go to you first. Mm-hmm. Um, you've been a Lonzo Ball liker before. Yes, um, you almost bought the shoes. Uh, so mm-hmm. let's jump into how Lonzo would fit in Chicago should the Chicago Bulls trade for Lonzo Ball. Oh, absolutely. Like this is this is something to me where like when I've looked at Bulls fans on Twitter and some of like the um big Twitter handles that like tweet about the Bulls, the one thing I see constantly this season is complaining about Chris Dunn. Um more so the tweet that I see more so is like Chris, what are you doing? You had two great plays and then two boneheaded plays. What are you doing out there? And for me, when I heard Lonzo say New York or Chicago, I was like, absolutely, get this done. Get him to Chicago. I love Chris Dunn. It's not like I hate Chris Dunn. But then we can maybe move Chris Dunn for something. And I personally, unless you think otherwise, Dave, I think Lonzo might be able to help this team more so than Chris Dunn right now and might fit our core better than Chris Dunn. Why do you think his fit is better than Chris Dunn? Because for me, and when I look at Lonzo, is he's a guy that, yes, you can say like kind of ball dominant because he's a point guard, but doesn't have to be. And he's a guy where I'm looking more so on what he brings defensively next to Zach. And especially, let's say we don't land Zion. We do not land Zion. If we add a guy like... Cam Reddish, we're in the comment section. People are boasting about his defensive ability. Let's say we land in R.J. Barrett and we fix our three problem. That means next year I've got Lonzo at the one, Zach at the two, either Cam or R.J., barring we don't get a um, Zion pick at the three, Markinen at the four, and then Wendell at the five. I'll take that for the future. Here's the thing is I don't disagree with him. So I, unless I, you're on the other side of the fence, I'm I'm curious to what you think. You're thinking. Uh, Lonzo Ball, not ball dominant whatsoever. He is a great full court uh, player, terrible half court. Like mm-hmm. he, he's awful in the half mm-hmm. court running an offense. Whereas Chris Dunn's actually really good running the half court offense. I think he's a better passer uh, with the ball. In it. Like he's a better uh, floor general. Like Lonzo Ball makes excellent passes and quick decisions, mm-hmm. but. He often does not set up an offense and run sets. He's very much push the pace Levine, and forcing the team. Levine would be the guy. Like I know what you're saying. Like Chris Dunn is better in the half court. Yeah, Levine is then our true point guard, and Lonzo is just at the point guard position. Here's my idea of what what this is. Is, is I agree with you that clearly Chris Dunn's better in the half court, and Lonzo's a freak in the full court. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the passes that he's able to throw and, mm-hmm. and just create. 
um, are insane in the full court. However, what you're looking at between Lonzo and Chris Dunn is a pretty much a four-year difference because Chris Dunn's about to turn 25 on March Correct. 18th. Lonzo's going to turn uh, 22 in October of uh, October 27th. So that's one huge gap right there. Is yes, Chris Dunn's a better half-court player. But that doesn't mean Lonzo can't learn at all. And yes, he's a quick decision maker and he's a great passer. And at some point, I think that can turn into half-court presence. And he's already a better defender than Chris Dunn. Is he? Yeah. Is he? Lonzo Ball last year was elite and could have been all team. You're wrong. Defensive. You're second completely team. wrong in that. I. There are so many fucking stats that put him like lined up next to Dejounte Murray when it comes to defensive stats. Last year, he was a, a credible defender. Last year, and it's not it's not the same this year. And there's obviously his lowlights, like everyone has. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I, I think that you look at his six six ability, his long wingspan, and his athleticism. I think he has the, at least the potential. I think you can agree with that yeah. to become a better defender than Chris Dunn. Where yeah. do you see him struggling defensively? No, I'm just saying. I think Chris Dunn is an underrated defender. I think that Chris Dunn, as of today, is a better defender, and I think that Chris Dunn is probably. Yeah, I, I think he probably has a good chance of maintaining that. Lonzo Ball, I could see him, as he de- as he can continue to develop his offensive game, I think that'll kind of trade off a little bit. I mean, I still think he'll be a great two-way player at some point in his career. I'm not doubting uh, Lonzo Ball at all, and I like Lonzo Ball better. I just think that people disrespect the hell out of Chris Dunn, and it gets a little annoying. Well, what, what were we disrespecting? About Chris Dunn, because I haven't seen outside of the first little stretch of his run in Chicago, uh, which was you know last year before he f- fell on his face at Golden State or in Chicago against Golden State and broke his face. Yep. Um, I haven't seen much outside of that. So what are we missing on Chris Dunn? Then? He's he's a defensive presence uh, to help cover up for Zach Levine. Basically, the same thing. Like if you took the two players next to each other, the only difference is that. Lonzo shoots volume threes. He makes some of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Dunn doesn't shoot volume threes, uh, but at a better rate. I mean, that's literally it as far as the difference right now. So if I, your offense is going to be, if if your offense is going to be, you need the spacing, mm-hmm. which I don't know that the Bulls do. Between Zach Levine, one of the three wings at the top of the draft, mm-hmm. and Lowry Marketing, you got your spacing set. So having someone who can slash to the rim, who can cause contact. But that's where I think Lonzo hasn't been able to develop because they needed more spacing so Ingram can work on the inside. Lonzo, uh, LeBron could work on the inside and drive. Um, even Kuzma, in some ways, was a little bit of a guy who works mid-range and out, out, outside. But he He's is a guy that— five threes a game. Who? Lonzo. I know he is, but that's because he, he's trying to work within this offense. Yeah. I think that was his you, offense in college, though, too. Like, that's, that's not his true. natural position. He was he was very much a guy who was he he, he shot threes. I'm not saying he didn't. <laughs> I think saying. he probably shot around four four a game. But also, you saw so many times in Lonzo's career at UCLA where he would drive into the paint. He would take it to the cup. He was a phenomenal dunker in college, and he was also a great job of driving in, having the defense suffocate, and then dishing it back out. I think that's potential still in him. And you especially look at this year. And the player types he's playing with, Ingram needs to work mid-range. That's yeah. been his, his large part of the game. 100%. Same with LeBron James. And Kuzma is a guy that mainly works iso- isolated, and that means just clearing out and working beyond the arc. Lonzo, I don't think, has had the ability to grow within a half-court offense this year. I think if you give him the opportunity, especially with the age difference between the two, I think that Lonzo Ball is 
clearly, I think you agree that he has more potential than Chris Dunn. Yeah, absolutely. But I think that he's a better fit with this Chicago team because you already talked about the spacing. Levine's a decent shooter. Markkinen's an elite shooter. Wendell Carter hasn't been great in the NBA, but we saw in college that he had the potential to be good. And then obviously if Ricky's talking about an R.J. Barrett or especially a Cam Reddish where we're projecting it to be a, a decent uh, yeah. three-point shooter in his career, you have four guys right there that can space the floor. Lonzo working, driving, and then cutting out and, and dishing out, that would be massive for the Bulls. And but especially that 6'6 six, six frame, what is his game then you think? He's a quick touch pass. He rotates the ball around the offense from the outside. But like that's he, that. I look look back. At, he wasn't that at UCLA. He was not that player at UCLA. He was. That wasn't the. He wasn't that guy because he wouldn't be. If he was that guy, he wouldn't be second overall. You want? He wouldn't know, be averaging eight assists a game. And the thing I'm going to interject here mm-hmm. and just throw this into your guys' conversation because I just like hearing you guys go back and forth here. You know what would fix this mm. if the Bulls had an identity. We don't have an identity right now. If yeah. Boylan's there, then, I mean, Dave's right. Like, it's going to be more half court. But let me just throw this out and let you guys go back and forth. I know this is speculation. I know these are rumors. Let's say the rumors of Luke Walton's hot seat being a little bit hotter in L.A. Well, if the Bulls, let's say Walton got fired, the Bulls said, hey, you know what? He's a guy that wanted to emulate what the Warriors are doing, space the floor out, Lonzo could fit that. What if get Lonzo if they hired a coach like Luke Walton who has, and you can put any coach that is that spread the floor, kind of a not half court, we're going to run in transition kind of an offense, then does that change things? It's like, okay, now I can see it working if we have the right coach for him. I think the right coach for Lonzo Ball, at least in Chicago, would be Fred Hoiberg, weirdly enough. Because <laughs> if they were running we a fast-paced offense, I mean, they would be... That's where he would, I think he would thrive the most. Mm-hmm. Um, Thinking the same thing. I mean, Dave, what do you think about this? At least I, I agree that he, obviously everyone agrees that they don't have an identity right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day for me, it just comes down to is Lonzo Ball a first round pick worth upgrade from Chris Dunn? Would you be willing to give up a first round pick to have the minor upgrade from Chris Dunn to Lonzo Ball? At the moment, I say minor upgrade. We don't know in the future. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like we've said, Lonzo Ball's got the potential. He's 6'6". He's huge. He's got a great wingspan. He's got a three-point shot that looks like he got hit in the, you know, arms mm. as a child over and over until he forgot how to shoot. But like, the frame-wise, they're still Chris Dunn six four six five, Lonzo being six six. So it's not a huge difference. I, I just think that is he worth giving up a first-round pick to get as an upgrade? And that's, that's the and, thing. Like this year's first. No. Hell no! I'm like, saying no, no, hell no, no, no. And if no, I'm getting a point like, guard, I'm taking John Rand. Right, and that could be like, and that could also be. And Would I you know that John Morant or Lonzo Ball, John Morant. I know 10 that. Times out of 10. I know that Gar Foreman was one of the many scouts that was at the Eastern Illinois game scouting Ja. Thanks, but Gar. I mean, um, and that's the interesting thing. We don't know where we're gonna fall because if we get the number one pick, and I know this is all like where we go. Number one pick. Well, Ja's out of the question. Zion. At that point, you don't want to be looking back on man. God, I wish we'd trade for that Lonzo kid. Can you imagine this team now? Whereas if we don't get Zion and we get maybe the second pick, then it's like, oh, man, why well, did we Why did well, we trade for Zion, Lonzo? Let's, 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 let's just make it clear. Mm-hmm. There's no way in hell that they'd be trading the 2019 first-round pick. No, and if it was, it was protected heavily. 
to if where the, we'd if keep the, it. If that's what the Pelicans or Lakers mm. were asking for, the Bulls would say no. Click. Because you do not want to risk it, even with the protections. I don't mm-hmm. care. You, condoms have protections, right? They fail, like nine, like 1% of the time. <laughs> All right? I, I know that's not possible in the NBA. Top 10 protections? You you just, if you have the ability to get the number one, we're gonna win you're games? not trading for them. Uh, you're not trading the ability to possibly get a, 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 a Zion or a John Moran. Um you all right, Dave? I'm just... Are you able to hand, handle this conversation? No. Big boy. You ever you ever use a condom before? No. Um, <laughs> no. This took a weird turn. Let's get back to Lonzo Ball. Uh, I don't think LeVar ever used one. Um, that would have saved that would have saved us a lot of a lot of trouble. Um, anyways, uh, I, I think that if we're just talking about Chris Dunn versus Lonzo Ball, to me it's clear that you know, I would make that move. I think that he is someone that you could develop. And you look at what he did in college. You look, especially what he did around the rim. He was a fantastic finisher at the rim, about like 75% at the rim. He didn't have the great greatest success of going after it. He, he took more threes than he did uh, two-point attempts. Uh, he took four two-point attempts per game compared to five three-point attempts per game in college. But a big thing that, that he was able to do in college was hit 41% of his threes. But when you're playing around scores and you don't have to be the number one scorer like he wasn't at UCLA— um, like Zach Levine, like Laurie Markkinen, that might make your shots a little bit easier. His shot is still broken as fuck, and I'm not going to defend it, but maybe he'll have a little bit more success. I would feel that if we're talking about Lonzo Ball versus Chris Dunn, I think that this he would be a much better fit. However, it then just gets into the value and the question of should they trade for him. So should they in theory? Yes. But what would you be willing to give up for Lonzo Ball? Dave, because obviously the 2019 first-round pick is off the board. You were saying, though, previously that you think that if they added Lonzo Ball and were even able to keep Chris Dunn, that you think this is a team that could even make some noise next year. I think they would not be a top-five team in the draft. I I think that this team has that sneaky upside because we haven't seen the core play together for more than a handful of games. Mm -hmm. And it is, I, I literally think it's a handful of games where we had Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, um, Lowry and Wendell Carter out there together. I I can't say that it went over ten games. That's ridiculous for for guys. And even if you remove Wendell from that, you go to the year before, and it was still a fairly low number because of all the overlapping injuries. So we haven't seen the best out of these Bulls yet, and we're watching them with a terrible coach. So next year, we're all hoping, praying, sacrificing small you know goats or whatever it is. To try to get a head coach in there who is, you know, born, you know, somewhere after the invention of the basketball to, to, you know, guide us in the right direction. If that happens, this team will look similar to, I, I, we're not going to be as good as like Sacramento or the Nets are, but we're going to be in that, you know, eight to 12 range. Very likely. Well, what happens is that you're still playing in the Eastern Conference. And you know, you look at Charlotte, they're possibly losing Kemba Walker. That's going to take them down uh, a yeah. huge, huge substantial margin. But then again, you still have to look at what this team could possibly be. And if they do add these young players, it doesn't mean anything if they still lack that identity. Yep. They still have these gray blobs in the front office. They have this thumb, as Jake likes to lovingly call him, and Jim mm-hmm. Boylan as their head coach. So if they still have those players, those young players do not mean shit because they don't want to play for Jim Boylan. They don't want to give effort because they hate this guy. Yeah. Not because they're lazy, because you're an asshole. So if the asshole's still there, 
You're not going to get the best out of these players, even if they're all extremely talented. Zach Levine's extremely talented. Go look at his first, like, 15, 20 games of the season. Holy shit, was he putting on a show every single night. Look at Laurie Markkinen. Markkinen, this year's growing from a great rookie year, and some people are kind of upset at his development, but also, again, look at his coach. Look at the changing of his teammates around him. It's a different team. It's a different situation that he came into after being injured. Wendell Carter Jr., Injured, banged up, hasn't been able to play uh, you know, consistently because Jim Boylan doesn't want to give him minutes, doesn't think he's working hard enough. And again, I don't think that's on Wendell Carter Jr. Wendell no. Carter seemed like a great kid with great character coming into this year. Absolutely. You're playing for an asshole. You don't want to play for an asshole. So I think a don't huge forget, thing would be— They also have an absolute—I mm, I was going to say fuck ton. I'll just say fuck ton of money going in for agency. Mm-hmm. If well, they can find someone who wants to play here— they can throw a lot of money around this year. Mm-hmm. So well, I think that's something to keep in mind. The thing with that would be, in my opinion, is yep. would you want to add a veteran to this team? I'm just because saying it's, w- a, like, it's an option out there. But does, they but can does play that spoiler, fit the core, can, in your opinion? I mean, Zach Levine is already, what, 23? I think so. so I'll check. Meh. I think if you've got the money, now's the time to spend it. He's 23, on, 24 in March. Yeah, he's on his second contract, so you've got the money to spend it now before you have to pay for Lowry Markkinen on his, you mm-hmm. know, after his rookie contract's up, Chris on his rookie contract. So I think that now is the time to spend because you're going to get a top five pick in this draft, God willing, top one, top two. Uh, and then you move forward, and you can go ahead and frame so you sign a big contract for somebody, try to lock him up long term. And then this team is set for like the next three years. You're basically just... On the right track, in my mind. Yes, what, absolutely do what, what I want you to do is look for a name that you think they should sign. Because obviously I don't think they're going to get Kevin Durant or anything like that, but I think you should look for a player that you think. Uh, and But clarify me this. You're in the camp of, no, you should not trade for Lonzo Ball because you can go out and cost, sign somebody. I think the cost of Lonzo Ball is probably not going to be worth the upgrade from what Chris Dunn gives to this team unless they really want to change identities mm-hmm. to something that they had in Fred Hoiberg yeah. in a quick pace, constantly pushing from the outside perimeter. Ricky, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, do you think they mm-hmm. should trade for Alonzo Ball? Yes. Especially because of the price that could mm-hmm. be willing, and especially with Dave's bringing up. What do you think about what Dave said, and especially should they trade for him? I would say yes. The only to, thing is, what like to me, what is that price going to be? Like I mentioned in the Anthony Davis one, the trade that I put out there, but I just came up with another one based off of just a random one I saw on Twitter, and I had to fix it because it didn't work mathematically, um, of course, but the skeleton was Lakers get Anthony Davis and Etwan Moore, the Pelicans get Kuzma, B.I., Chris Dunn, the Lakers first this year, and a Bulls second next year. I would probably make that a Bulls first. The Pelicans would want a first over a second for 2020, Bulls get Lonzo Ball. That math didn't work, so I fixed it. Here's what it is. You tell me what you think. Bulls get KCP, expiring contract, and Lonzo Ball. Lakers get the AD, Etwan Moore. The Pelicans take on Felicio's contract. It's for two more years. They can eat it because they get B.I., Kuzma, Zubak, Chris Dunn, and Bobby Portis on top of the two picks that they would get. They're getting what picks again? 
They would get I the one that was in the tweet was Lakers first this year and Bulls mm-hmm. second next year. I think they would want the Bulls first 2020. I don't think they would want a Bulls second. But so the so the Bulls side would be the Bulls first done Bobby Portis in a first. F- we would get Felicio's contract off the books, which he's got three mil at eight point seven. Chris Dunn and Bobby Portis, and we would take on KCP, which would expire at the end of the year. And oh, I don't know if he's that a Bulls is extremely fan or not. Bulls heavy because you give them so much. You just freed up eight year, eight million dollars in cap mm-hmm. in the Felicio deal, which is the worst, well, probably and, one of the worst deals in, in the league. And adding because he's that, unplayable. Uh, and because adding that, that's why center. I think the Pelicans would be like, give us your first next year instead of that second, which I'd be okay with giving up next but, year's first. But if I can get that off the book and open up more room you're with not Lonzo Ball, trading for like I don't know, Lonzo's too good for that. Like you're not trading for like Zaire Smith here. Like you're trading for Lonzo Ball mm-hmm. from a second round pick two years ago. You can't just give up Bobby Portis, who I think is going to be a free agent soon. Well, Correct me if I'm wrong. You're well, going to no, give up no, no. Chris Dunn, who isn't a, a top 20 but guard. A point that's guard at why all. I feel like in order to do this. I understand the first round pick. No, it's no, no. It no, has nothing to do with that. The Bulls, in order to make this work, need to be like, they can't go to the Lakers and go, hey, this is what I want. They can't go to the Pelicans after an Anthony Davis deal and go, hey, this is what we want. They have to shoehorn themselves into a three-team no, deal I understand that. because but, of what the Lakers can But the can Pelicans boost. can get better value for Lonzo Ball outside of the Bulls. Mm-hmm. They don't need the Bulls. They need a third team. And the Bulls need to give up more to get Lonzo Ball. Because if you were just saying, like, the trade for mm-hmm. the the Lakers, because the Lakers aren't getting anyone from the Bulls. The Bulls aren't getting anyone from the Lakers, right? No, the Bulls are getting KCP and Lonzo from the Lakers. Because they're getting KCP. Okay, how much is each one worth? Each one's worth $12 million, right? He is. Let me pull it up again because I just do the trade and take it. off each one and KCP. It still works. It should. No, the Lakers would have to give up three point nine million. Okay. Still. Well, and, and just use Lance because that KCP thing's too valuable to mm-hmm. the twelve mil. Well, uh, and I like what you're saying because like I came up with um, the one immediately when like the Anthony Davis stuff went down, the Pelicans and. Lakers could just include the Magic, the Magic at Lonzo, and they could give Voos to the Pelicans. And the Pelicans could be like, oh, Voos is way more valuable to us than what the Bulls would give up. But how is Vucevic valuable to the Pelicans at all? He's an, a, a, an expiring contract. They could. It gives them flexibility, either cap room to just get off the books or, hey— Let's rework but your contract. What would you want to resign with us? Not at a max I, deal. I just think that it's it's going to end up in some way. It's it's going to be too much to get mm-hmm. Lonzo Ball. Uh, Dave, do you have a free agent that you uh, came up with? You know that I you think could fit with the Bulls. Fit with the Bulls. Fit with the timeline. Because I have one. My, my 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 default answer always goes back to the same kind of three guys, <laughs> and it's Clay Thompson, which is a long shot, mm-hmm. and that's just me being a jerk and being like, yeah, we got Zach Levine. I also want Clay Thompson. Uh, Tobias Harris, because he's super underrated and I love him. And the third one is actually reasonable, I guess, uh, but depending on where our draft pick lands, I think Kelly Oubre is someone who we could probably just fuck with because the Suns have a bunch of wings already, and I don't expect them to put out a strong offer on him. Yeah, I think they'll toss him some money just to see if he's interested in sticking around for depth, but I think he would be looking for a team where he could make it on, and I like his game. He is... 
He's got some IQ issues at times during games uh, where he decides to just, you know, freak out. When you were but... talking, I was thinking bigger, though. Yeah. I was thinking DeMarcus Cousins. Oh, I mean, you, you <laughs> could throw it on that. I don't think Boogie wants a player. But what I think he does want is a max deal. I and you might be one of the only teams that. offering With, a max deal. Without Zion? Hmm? Now, I, I ask without Zion because let's say we do get Zion. That means we have Wendell, Markinen, Zion, and Boogie. In our fr- in our front court. Well, I think Wendell would probably be better off the bench just for his development. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he could play Zion a billion three. percent. Okay, right. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, I think I think if you have Demarcus Cousins, that's a lot that of big bodies. <laughs> who's going to stop it? I mean, it's not like they're slow. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, Markinen's fairly athletic. I mean, he's probably the least athletic of the three. But he's still yeah. Bo- Boogie's still getting his legs back under him. <laughs> and if he gets his legs back under him, we know what he can be. Mm-hmm. And then Zion has all the defensive hustle in the world. He's still quick. He's a big body, True. but I mean, no one's going to stop that freight train, Good and no one's going to be able to dunk on him because it'll just, you know, yeah, again, hip check him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think that if they have this much cap space, you got to play with it a little bit more than just you know Kelly Oubre, in my opinion. I, I said Tobias Harris. I Toby mean, would be interesting, but again, that's the one I like his fit. I think. Would you great. then move Mark into the five? Uh, or would you play Toby at the three? I'd probably try rocking Toby at the three. Okay, because I, mean, I like Gallo him more at the been, four. I know, but he and Gallo have been playing together, and I'm like, I can, I could see him play at the three, and then obviously Markin's going to get hurt. So, you know, he'll be there. He'll be ready. All right. Uh, now we draft Ja. So what we come to is that the Bulls should not trade for Lonzo Ball because I don't they'll f- either not have enough value or it'll be too much value. You Correct. have to give up too much to get him. And in that value for the upgrade level from Chris Dunn is not worth it in my mind. And Ricky, I know you want him, mm-hmm. but I don't think you I, I don't think that yes, you can make it work on trade machine, but I don't think yeah. it's gonna feasibly work. For the right price, I'd be happy to, but I don't wanna force it in there. The last name, just to answer the question, because I never answered your question, mm. would would be an interesting one is uh Bogdanovich. If the Bulls were able to, because he's an unrestricted free agent, if the Bulls were like, Boyan. hey, let's, yeah, yeah, Boyan Bogdanovich from, from the Pacers, yeah. Okay. If they were able to get, because I'm looking at the th- the threes, and it's like Kawhi's not coming here, Durant's not coming here, Chris Mid could be interesting if we can pull him away, but he's got a player out, and he'll probably stay in Milwaukee. No, he's actually going to be available. You think so? Yeah, he's probably going to decline. Harrison, though, he, won't. He he's going to take his money. Um, and then you've got Boyan, who's unrestricted. The only thing that I could see with Harrison Barnes is if that he can get like a twenty million per year for Shit. longer. I heard they're just potentially shopping him. Just give him the yeah, Jabari no, contract. I, I think that they should be smart to shop him. But I'm just saying, like, if the only way I could see him declining that player option is just to try to get more security at a lesser rate, because hey, next yeah. year he's gonna—I don't think anyone's gonna want to pay him. We can give you a twenty mil contract for uh, two years with a club option. That's not—we're that's really good on this. I know. <laughs> Uh, Max anyways. Money, Derrick Rose. Yeah. Yeah. For <laughs> Chicago. Yeah, that's probably the only free agent you're going to get is D. Rose on a four-year, $156 million contract. Anyways, that's going to do it for it. It's no Lonzo Ball, Chris Dunn's getting traded, and D. Rose on a max. Uh, that's what's going to happen in Chicago, and Jim Boylan's still going to be your coach. <laughs> but let's move into the next topic, and we are talking about our wet boys, the dampest of dudes, the soggiest of shooters, the moistest of men's. This is Wet Boys, the weekly segment where we talk about guys who absolutely went off in the past week, had historic performance, crazy stat lines, impressive, you know, beyond the grave uh, outings uh, over the past uh, week of games. Ricky Widmer, start us off. So for mine, it's easy. Look at Domchich. And the reason why is I wish I had 
the um, gif that I put into um, our text where Luca just dropping the mic because basically it's one game this week is why I gave him the wet boy. He is the first teenager in NBA history to have a 30-point triple-double, and he is the youngest player since LeBron James at the age of 20 and 100 days on April 29, 2005, when I was a young high schooler against the Milwaukee Bucks, had a 30-point triple-double. That alone, Luca, congratulations. You're getting your third wet boy of the year and moving you into second place, tied for behind James Harden. And uh, he's tied with Anthony Davis and Steph Curry, I believe. And somebody very important. Just tell me. Derrick Rose. Oh, okay. That's right. Yeah. I forgot what <laughs> he went um, on that run, man. <laughs> that's true. Uh, Dave, you also have a rookie for us. I do. I do. And it's it's funny. Ricky coming in. and <laughs> Luka Doncic. For, for those of you who don't recall, our mm-hmm. draft, uh, la- last year's draft, mm-hmm. now we each picked a side on who would, who might be a better player. And, and the trade went into it. And I went... Luka Doncic, Ricky went Trey Young, and now Ricky, crowning a wet boy, Luka Doncic, and I giving mine to Trey Young this week. Are you eating your words, Ricky? I mean, a little bit. I've a given lot. him two wet boys. I mean, I'm not. I'm just wondering. I'm not veering from it though. Well, I was wrong. I will. I will say. <laughs> I'm glad you can admit it's it. It's okay to be wrong. Hey, I, it is. I'm. I'm, I'm just saying. I wouldn't. Dave's out here giving him Trey Young a wet boy, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Trey Young still has the ability to score. He just yeah. hasn't been efficient. He's on a worse team than Luka is. So I mean, you could still hold the opinion that Trey Young could be better because it's, I mean, it's guys up from remember, here it's and Trae Young Luka plus hit pick. his peak. At it's this true. At this point, now out there in the league, when I'm just having a bad day, you know what Luca clip I watch? Hmm. That and, three and from the corner when oh, he's yeah. like leaning yeah. out against he's Portland. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, I just watch that and it just makes me smile. And I go, okay, I'm having a good day now. Mine's still uh, the game against Boston. We're just gonna talk about Luca. <laughs> uh, mine was the game against Boston where he was at the top of the key and he pumps fake on Kyrie and then he steps in mm-hmm. and uh, man, that was a sh- that was some shot. <laughs> you want to share your fear, Mike? I'm literally. I need to step back three. Yeah, anyone. Yeah, that one's, that one's, I can watch. Any of them all day. Just keep it on a loop. The first one was was great because no one expected it, and he just looks so happy oh out there. He does. He just looks so happy. Seven eleven, lo- man. I, that's always the one open. thing is I do feel bad for him because he lost DeAndre, and he just seemed to just really vibe with DeAndre. Jordan. Don't worry, he's got Kristaps now. Kristaps <laughs> might not be playing. Eh, but so, still, that chemistry. Hopefully. Uh, anyways, we'll go to my wet boy, and it is... Kelly just skipped over Trey Young. Like, he's, he's like, he's a wet boy, he's nothing about him. He put up numbers. I mean, that's the thing is, like, it, what he's been like, he's been do, doing this, at least assist numbers-wise. No. Well, assist, yes. A, a ton. Efficiency. But that's what I was going to say. He hasn't been efficient. He's been shooting the same amount of shots. The man's going to chuck. They, that's what they mm-hmm. brought him to town for. They're on a trash team. Chuckers he's there to chuck. chuck. It's him, Kevin Herter. They're going to go out there. They're going to take their shots. John Collins, Jesus Christ. Yeah. I probably should have been an all-star, at least. That, that probably man, should have been on the snub list. That man's strong. Yeah. Uh, but, and, yeah, no, that's... Yeah. And I think, great, spoiler great alert with Trey Young, because their game ended. I know this doesn't yeah. play into this, but 28 points tonight on 9 of 20 shooting, the same as Kyrie. Yeah. Hey. 5 of 10 from beyond the arc. That's great. Nine assists, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, how many turnovers? He had two turnovers. That's incredible. That's, that's pretty great. That's one fucking so, game from Trey Young. Trey Young. Uh, and they it, lost. Oh yeah, they got That's they good. got rolled uh, by the chest. But Trayon, keep it up. Like I, it's encouraging to see this because as much as I love Luka Doncic, I want to see you succeed in the NBA. Still, I don't want you to be a scuffed version of Curry. That's the thing. I thought he was going to be a bust. I think I said I thought it was yeah. going to be a bust. Yeah. I think it, I think I said yeah, boomer bust was the thing I kept saying about uh, mm-hmm. Trayon. I didn't say 
I didn't like him. Like, I remember he's, he's fun your to watch. face when Brandon and I had the segment of could Trey Young be the number one overall pick? Yeah, you did that. You rolled your eyes like that. Because I still feel it. <laughs> it was so obvious that it should have been Luka Doncic. <laughs> or DeAndre Ayton. Or fuck Marvin Bagley. <laughs> I, I was know. like, DeAndre Ayton did go number one. Yeah. And Luka's clearly the better player than him. And was the better player last mm-hmm. year, too. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Uh, anyways, we go to mine. Uh, this guy was not a number one pick. He was not a number two pick. He was a number three pick, I believe, right? Or was it five? Three. Three. He was three. Yeah. Because KP was four. Julio Okafor has had a resurgent career. Yeah. I mentioned him last week. I didn't give him a wet boy. He had the most efficient three games of his career last week, um, putting up like 20, uh, 17 points on like 60% shooting. Well, fuck it. He came in the next three games yep. and put up 22 points per game, 12 rebounds per game, two blocks of games, on 67% shooting from the field, and 90% from the, from the line. 90% for Jaleel Okafor from the free throw line. I feel good Absolutely shipping uh, AD out of town knowing that Ja's got our back. You you got the you got the centerpiece. Yep. You want to know the, why? Because Ja will provide. And Yeah. Uh, but here's the other thing, too. <laughs> you know, when you were bashing on the um, Amir Sheik trade, yeah. right? You know, that one didn't work out. You need to find places for cast-offs. And Jaleel Okafor <laughs> was a fucking cast-off, and this guy, he's balling out. It's, it's been fun to watch. It's funny, because, like, the Knicks picked up every bad player from, what was it, like, the 2014 uh, draft or something? 20, whatever 2015 year. was The Mark Hazoni year. Yeah. And, you know, like, they, they went out and they took shots at all these young, talented players at the top. And, you know, Ja was not one of the guys who got the invite. No. It's kind of funny. Yeah, they got uh, Hazonia was invited, Amudio was invited. Uh, who else was invited? Was well, they had else? Frank already. It, well, no, Frank wasn't from this draft. Oh, okay. Um, they drafted Kristaps. Uh, yep. Kristaps was in that draft. Um, I just said, I knew the only two guys. They had three guys, though. Yeah, they had three guys from that draft that ended up being on the team. But the thing that I've just absolutely loved from Jaleel is. Uh, I mean, he's been super aggressive uh, offensively rebounding. Uh, he's been great on pick and rolls. Uh, the one thing that I have liked a little bit, too, is his passing ability isn't the worst. And he's decent at driving in uh, from outside. He doesn't have a shot. I just think he's like, I, and I know it's a horrible comparison. Yeah. But in some ways, I do see him. I mean, again, I think this is a horrible comparison. Oh, so oh, do not take it. this. I need you to make it. A very bad version of Nikola Jokic. What? I don't know. Because he's a big body, right? He makes most of his like money in the paint. Yeah. He's a decent driver like Jokic is. Yeah. He's not a shooter like Jokic. He's not a passer Correct. like Jokic. Correct. But at least just from, let's say, the top of the key when they're driving, they're like the same player. Uh, Sean, you use words there. Did I not say this is a horrible comparison? You need, you need a fancier way like, to say, like we say for Buddy, where he's... Uh, Big like Clay shoots like stuff. You need a you need a better way to the, make the that problem comparison. is that like Jaws known for being he's, the black hole of offense. Like the ball goes <laughs> yeah. in and it doesn't come out. And Jokic is literally he's, the opposite. Jokic is Jackie Moon. No, I got you it. take it. No, I lie. No, you, you take, take it. it. No, I got it. no, you take. It. All right, I'm gonna score. <laughs> hmm. He's big like Jokic. Didn't Jokic have a tripped up this week too? Oh, I just I know Jokic did the Jackie Moon uh, like exactly Jackie yeah, Moon. Big, big like Jokic, bad like Kobe. Thoughts. No. Okay. I think... Uh, Fuck Kobe. I mean, you're talking Kobe Bryant, by the way, right? Ooh, ooh. How about this? Yeah. Go. What mm. other Kobe's out there? I, I, uh, I, I can't endorse big, that. I big like Jokic. Jokic. Bad like Hazonia. Is that better? 
I, I like Big this like Jokic, bad like You're going to have to go back to the drawing board. Yeah, we'll, yeah, have, to, we'll, have, to, we'll have to shout that uh, out for a bit. Again, I said it was horrible. Uh, but the big thing is, if you see the thumbnail, mm-hmm. we need your help because we have talked on this podcast that James Harden is an automatic wet boy, and right now he has not been put into the slot of his eighth wet boy because I personally think that he is not valuable enough to be a wet boy this week. Dave is on the fence of him being valuable this week. So, Ricky... Your job is to read the stat lines. Mm-hmm. Dave will make his argument. I will follow up. It's a little point, point counterpoint. There's no other thing. So you okay. make your argument. I make my argument. So That's I'm reading it. And then the you web, vote. I'm basically reading the wet boy thing. Right? Yeah, you read the statue. Okay. And then everyone that's watching this, either tweet at us saying Harden should be or should mm-hmm. not be a wet boy, or put it in the YouTube comments uh, down below. I will say this, and this is it: 37 points per game, eight total rebounds, six assists. 40% from the field, 28% from three-point. Who wants the floor first? Uh, Dave's going first. I will take the floor first. Thank you very much. Uh, the number that Sean left out of there was 95% from the line where the man makes his money. That is what James Harden does. Exactly. You got to do it, Dave. You got to do it if you're I, fighting I for James you Harden. You got to do it. You got to do it. You got to eat, Dave. Everyone eats. That stat line is still the best stat line of the week. You, 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 no one else beats that. And just because it wasn't over 40, you're like, eh, he's, he's sort of old news now. I feel insulted on James Harden's behalf. The fact that he is out there dropping ridiculous numbers and still, you know, they won two out of three. I get the New Orleans game was a weird loss. Mm-hmm. Don't, I have no idea how they lost that game. because well, Actually, I, I know how they lost, but it was just bad. Mm-hmm. Um, James Harden is elite, and he's been the best player in the league the past week, which is what... In my mind, it's one of the things a white boy, we, we're here to point out, look how good this guy is. And I think that, yes, his performance has still been historical. He is still on the crazy run of games over 30 points. I don't understand. Which could end tonight, and I will get there. I just don't understand how that can be disrespected when a man is record-setting out here. Here's the thing that I will say. Do not get there, because that's not what we're talking about. We're talking no, about the past week. Right. We're talking about the past week. And yes, he's still on a historical run. But who doesn't know about James Harden right now? We get it. He's still been the best player. I'm not saying he has been the best player this week, but that's not what this award is. It's not MVP. It's not best player. It's historical performance. It's wet boys. And guess what? You know, it's not wet. Losing to the Pelicans. You know, what's not wet. Only beating the Magic by two. That's not wet right there. You know what's not wet? Turning the, the ball over in your five times a game. Is and guess what? And you, I'm sorry. You, you let you know me go. I'll let you go. You know what's not wet? Going, Dave, you're an ignorant slut. Uh, sorry. I just want to go back to the original point-counterpoint uh, where Dan Eckerd <laughs> calls yep. Jane Curtin yep. an ignorant slut. Uh, you know what's not wet? Shooting 14 threes a game and only going 27.9% from, the, from, from beyond the arc. You need to be better. And his best performance was a 33% from three, four of 12, and six of 18. You have to stop hurting your team like that. You cannot do that. And here's the thing is, we just went from James Harden two weeks ago, 51 points per game, then down to 48 points per game, and now down to 37. A pedestrian He's 37. Off. He's falling off. And you can give it to a guy like Nikola Jokic this week who had a better field goal percentage, uh, who had a worse three-point percentage, had a very similar free, th- free throw percentage at 91%. However, it wasn't at the volume of James Harden. But 25 points per game. 12 rebounds per game, 7.7 assists per game, and 2.3 turnovers. He had a better assist-to-ratio ratio, uh, turnover. He won all three of his games. And your big thing of how many steals per game did James Harden have? 
I think it was like 1.7. Oh, yeah. 1.7 steals, 1.7 blocks. 2.7. 2.7 steals last week over the past three games. And a game score of 25.8. Harden had 26.6. So very close game scores if we're talking about best of the week. And here's the other thing. Jokic, plus minus 12.7. Harden, negative plus minus 4.7. I'm sorry. Does Jokic have a team built around him? I'm confused it because, was point counterpoint. because James it was, Harden doesn't. It was point counterpoint. He's got a crippled Chris Paul. It was point counterpoint. That is all. Also, his true shooting still better. It was point counterpoint, and that Regardless is all. Is terrible shooting. Point counterpoint. Still Shut up, Dave. You're getting rickied. Um, <laughs> both of them. Are, both of them are muted. This is my mic. Thank you very much. Uh, let us know what you think. Respect Should James him. Harden be the a, mediator? Doesn't what? get to come in. You're the mediator. I don't get to say. No, like, it's point. Counterpoint. Counterpoint. Uh-huh. Not point. Counterpoint. Mediator. I, I had an outside, like outside the discussion. No, you can't influence a, him. Dang. No, just in, it has nothing to do with the the thing that I would say is Dave. I get your point, Sean. I get your point. This is why I have gone back and I haven't fought it because. What boys is we can do whatever we want with it, but this is why I did not want to start doing. If you think James Harden deserves a wet boy, give him a wet boy. There it is. If you think he's a wet boy, Sean, give him a wet boy. Dave, you think he's a wet boy, give him a wet boy. This is why I have from the beginning have not liked the oh, here's our three wet boys, and then James Harden. We created this problem. But now they can vote. Okay. Uh, we'll just say uh, Nikola Jokic, 23 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists, and they're currently beating the uh, Rockets 119 uh, 104. And James Harden, if he doesn't score over 30, I will say will not be a wet boy next yeah, 21. week. 21.67 from uh, the field and 44 of 10 from three. So, but let us vote. He can still be a wet boy for this week, but mm-hmm. we need your votes. Uh, if, if you think he shouldn't be, let us know. If you think he should be, let us know. Your silence is still a vote. I will say that. Uh, let's move now to uh, fantasy. We'll make this quick. <laughs> Uh, we are in fourth place, 89 points. Uh, I fucked up a little bit. I benched Nerland Zimmel, but I don't think it hurt us too much because he shot 33% from the field. Uh, he did have three blocks, which would have been helpful. But Trey Young uh, balled out. Yeah. Uh, so that was great to so see. What boy? Uh, yes, and uh, we are in fourth place. He still uh, has Dave's mic off. Oh. <laughs> uh, we are in fourth place. Uh, they just keep it off. Dave's like, place, yeah, nothing. Uh, fourth place in uh, field goals made, uh, field goal percentage. We are a ninth. Uh, f- free throw percentage, we are ninth. Uh, Three-pointers made, we are third. Uh, Three-point percentage, we are seventh. Uh, rebounds, we are 13th. Assists, we are uh, third. Steals, we are first. Blocks, we are below because there's a tie. Uh, so we are close to, well, what we would be because the tie there, we're about like sixth in, 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 in blocks. And then points, uh, we are uh, fifth. Fifth. I think my favorite so. part of the segment is watching Sean try to do basic <laughs> math for about 60 seconds By, You want to do it? By, well, no, you no, can no, just no. write the numbers down ahead of time, so that way you can just read it off straight. Well, well, here's the other thing, by too. the time we got to this, I would, I would think you'd have them memorized. Here's the other like thing. The nine like, yeah, not, exactly. Here's the other thing, too. Uh, you guys pull up the fantasy thing? I literally haven't signed into it ever. Yeah. Never. Ricky, yeah. you got pulled up? Yeah, I do. He does. Okay. All right. You passed. I always I like do. You, you know, you, you, I li- you're my favorite this podcast. <laughs> Dave, Dave's been too bitchy. Uh, Every time we do fantasy, Dave does one of these. I'm I sorry for my audio listener. 
Yeah, he just leans and looks at my screen. <laughs> yep. We've given Dave the password. Twice, at least. <laughs> More, More than, than twice. That. As I said, at least. Um, <laughs> but Ricky, God, you had to have some trades man. to bring us, because bring us, our boy Kyle Craig was throwing out some trades. Oh, uh, yeah. Email. I can't remember what they were. Uh, well, that's, that was the cue to pull them up. I, I, I believe. The you delete the email. Well, in my personal, because I Kyle, get our boy Kyle Craig, who's Philadelphia 076ers, mm-hmm. who's currently in first place, uh, wanted Malcolm Brogdon for us. I know. He wanted Emmanuel Moutier at first. It was Moutier for Brogdon, and then you declined it, and he added in. No, I didn't decline it. I haven't. T- I didn't oh, touch it. Then you didn't touch it, and then he added in the name that you said Fournier. So Fournier and Moutier for Brogdon. It's a lot of A. <laughs> the thing that I would say for that is field goal percentage, Brogdon dominates, and that's something that we have been struggling at. Free throw percentage as well. He's been dominant. Um, and over the past, uh, well, through the season, uh, he's good for a, a three-pointer and a half made per game, uh, 4.6 boards, 3.7 assists, uh, about a steal per game, a uh, little, pretty much no blocks. I'm at 15.7 points. Last seven games, though, uh, about a, a three and a half, uh, 5.7 boards, 2.7 assists, uh, same steal point, but also 16 points per game. He's extremely consistent. I just don't feel like trading him just because. No. Moody is out for two weeks. Yeah. Well, that, and then I think Fournier hasn't been great either. You know what I would have done, and Kyle, you would have hated me for this, and good thing I let, like, you run the team. Mm-hmm. I would have looked at that and trade and basically been like, nope, and would have offered him Malcolm Brogdon for LeBron James. The disrespect. N- knowing that he would say no. Knowing that you would say no, Kyle, that's what I would have done if I was, like, actually Ricky running the team. he slaps trades in the face. Is that, you just, that you was my way of saying, no, like, here you I mean, go. it wasn't that bad. No, but, like, I would... Let's see what let's see let's see if he'd offer LeBron James for no I know he would. See counter uh, offers. It's a counter offer. Well, here's the players that he does have because I'm <laughs> the thing that bugs me that. when people don't counter offer. Well, we should counter offer, mm-hmm. and I, we were just waiting for this. Um, I think you guys that he has: Jared Allen, Robert Covington, Drew Holiday, Moutier, Jeff Green, Serge Ibaka, Aaron Gordon, Eric Gordon, mm-hmm. Rudy Gobert, LeBron James, uh, Bogey from uh, Sacramento, Evan mm-hmm. Fournier, and De'Aaron Fox. Uh, if I'm looking at this and I'm you know, going after a player. I kind of want Robert Covington. He's still out, but he should be coming back soon. I like Rocco because um, we're going to try to get up our, up our blocks and our steals. He's not great for field goal percentage. He's at 43.1% mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. free throw percentage is at 76%, which I do not love. But maybe we go after, as well, a guy like Jeff Green. Jeff Ooh. Green hasn't been a star at all, so he's not going to be a huge value. Is Eric he's... Gordon too much of a name to go for? Like, is he too much out of the reach of a Malcolm Brown? He's inconsistent. Mm-hmm. And with Chris Paul coming back, I mean, I don't know if I really want him, per se. Uh, I mean, looking at his past few games, he hasn't done bad. Yes. And tonight but that's he's because, got 17. But that's because, like, I think Chris Paul coming back will hurt him. Uh, because he hasn't been bad in the past games. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul's but only been back two games. I would look at Jeff Green, though, because Jeff Green does have decent efficiency. He's actually uh, been playing really well. Mm-hmm. 12 points, 4.6 boards, 1.8 assists, uh, and then 47% from the field, 89% from the line. It's not like he's shooting you said a ton of You said blocks and steals, though? Yeah, and Rocco is a monster. Yeah, and Rocco's the only When he was healthy, he was the only player in the top 20 for If we trade for Jeff Green, I don't think he's helping us with blocks and steals. No, but Rocco is. Yeah, no. And then Jeff Green makes up for the efficiency problems. We would try to get both of those. Yes. Okay. I thought you were saying one or the other. For Brogdon, because Brogdon's massively efficient. Brogdon's a stat monster. How long is Rocco out for? He should be back soon. Okay. 
is what he will remain out Saturday against Denver. Uh, Covington has been sidelined since December thirty uh, first with a right ankle bruise. Has been making strides at a possible return soon. He did some light shooting following work, so he should okay. be post All Star break likely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think we should make that trade offer. Yeah, right. I like the counter. Let's throw it out there. Uh, we do need to try to get into first place because right now we're in hey, fourth, we're and it doesn't mean anything. We're climbing. Yeah, but it doesn't mean anything if we're not first. Yeah, so. that's what I like to hear, Sean. That's Ricky why, Bobby. That's why I have you as the GM of this team. Oh. Let's. I made the league. Sean's got that Ricky well, Bobby I'm, mentality. I'm the owner. I'm the owner. You're the GM. <laughs> you pay the league fines or hey, the, the, I set the up league the, fees. I set up the ESPN account. You did do that. Uh, <laughs> but I'm also going to give half credit to Mark. But let's move into the final topic, and we are talking about Kyrie Irving. Everybody has been hearing the news, especially after LeBron James was singing Rewind by Fetty Wap in his uh, Instagram story, at Kyrie Irving. This joint's for you. Uh, or is he said Kyrie Irving, this, that joint. Uh, but... You know, he was saying like, "Let's rewind it back. What if, what if you were mine again?" Uh, so everyone's like, "Well, shit, he's going." And then, as, and Kyrie also called LeBron for um, parental advice, apparently too, to how to run these young kids uh, out in Boston. And now Kyrie's saying that he doesn't owe anybody shit, and that he's not a hundred percent sure where he's going to sign. And ask him on July first where he's going to sign. He said that today. So let's talk about Kyrie Irving. Will he leave the Boston Celtics? Dave, take the floor. Yup. <laughs> I just I, I don't know why I always feel like I pick a fight with Boston. Um, but Man, when we get Eric on for that first fast break, mm-hmm. he's gonna have some words for you. That's fine. That's, <laughs> he's allowed to have words. I, I think that Kyrie Irving is is exactly what he's saying publicly. Is there's no reason to believe anything he said. Like he went from committing in a fan convention. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be here. I'm gonna resign. What did you expect him to say though? <laughs> that, I'm the one who told you that. <laughs> You're stealing my words. Well, I'm here's... just saying in general, like in front of fans and everyone. No, no, I'm just gonna be leave like, you. no, I'm bouncing. Or maybe yeah. just like not, not even just saying anything. No, mm-hmm. just be like, oh, it was yeah. brought up. Oh, what was the question though? Like, I don't remember at this point. I mean, like, long I just wouldn't say it. Like, just be like, you know, at this time, I've loved. Like, just give a non-answer. I've loved Boston throughout my time so far, and you know, I, I'm really positive about the future of this team. You don't have to say yes or no. That's the worst possible answer is giving an actual answer. I know. He's an athlete. Just be, he know be Roger Goodell. But don't give an answer. But he also is the same guy who's, you know, earth is flat. So, like, again, well, why do you trust anything this man says? Don't, don't hold no <laughs> stock in anything he says. He was also the guy that in Cleveland, when LeBron left the first time, was asked by a little kid, hey, would you leave us? And he ended up leaving Cleveland. So he he, he bashed that kid, too, yeah. in Cleveland. So, so you can't trust a word he says. I can. That's that's that. That's my key takeaway from all of this is whether you think he's leaving or not, his word doesn't mean anything. What you need to worry about is, do you think the young core you have and he are compatible? Because he's publicly come out and talked about how frustrated he has been with them. He's reached out to LeBron James, like you said, for advice on how to work with younger guys, realizing that what he had put LeBron through was very similar to maybe how he's yeah. now becoming frustrated with these younger kids who did it last year without him, they were able to have success in a deeper in the playoffs, taking Mm -hmm. LeBron to a game seven, almost, you know, basically minutes away from a finals appearance without Kyrie Irving. So I think that that whole thing sets us up for that shadow of a doubt to be like, well, the Knicks have double max money available. The Nets have money for uh, max. The Clippers have money. And then the Lakers have money. Well, if, He's starting to realize, you know, the frustration of dealing with younger guys on this team, and you want to bind to that storyline, then absolutely the Lakers make sense because they're going to be LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, and a bunch of vet minimum contracts, 
and uh, maybe, maybe somebody else on that team who mm-hmm. uh, might, might be named Anthony and Davis. Uh, so that's an intriguing thing to say. Like, that's a lot for someone to pass up on. I get it. You have Jason Tatum. You have Jalen Brown. You have Gordon Hayward, and you do have Al Horford. But the, it's not on the same level. You can't the, – they're just well, not. As unrealistic as you want to be about the expectations and potential, potential is one thing. Anthony Davis, LeBron James on a team is another. Well, I want to throw this out because we talked about in the first segment the Anthony Davis one about them making a move for Anthony Davis. I heard this question on Highly Questionable, and of course they quickly like dismissed it and pushed it to the side, but I kind of feel like if I'm Boston, I entertain the idea a little bit, is if you feel like there's a chance that he's going to leave, do you entertain the thought of, hey, in this week, let me field offers for Kyrie Irving and trade him for something because, you know, my young talent, we didn't need Kyrie last year. We went to the playoffs. We went deep into the playoffs without Kyrie Irving. So if he's given us the ask me on July 1st, oh, I don't know anyone shit, why not try to get something for him and not get burned by him? Because you want to see what this team can do with him in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I would I would kill to see a healthy Kyrie and Gordon Hayward, who we keep seeing more and more glimpses of him returning to a fully healthy Gordon Hayward, mm-hmm. which... We don't know if we're going to get ever, but it's still you still want to be optimistic about that. Jason Tatum looking good still. I mean, the inefficient shots have cut down. He's he's coming back to what we expect. Jalen Brown now healthy, and that new bench role has been really performing well. The, I think they have a lot of upside on this team, and they're likely slotted in for an Eastern Conference Finals matchup. Mm-hmm. But what it comes down to is Kyrie Irving, one of the best ball handlers in the game, mm-hmm. absolutely killer, cold-blooded from the outside, he can take any big shot in any game. He's di- been there, done that. I don't think I move him on the chance that he burns me. I just think it's a catch. And the reason why I ask is I feel like it's a catch-22. Because if I'm Boston, I'm sitting there going, yeah, I want to see what that run could be. But also, I'm on the side where I don't think he's – like Boston, I don't think he's coming well, back. I, I don't know. I would lean towards L.A., but, like, he could go to L.A., he can go to New York. I just don't think he comes back to Boston next Here's year. The and then that with, hurts them in the Anthony Davis trade because why would Anthony Davis want to stay if Kyrie's not there? Here's the thing with that uh, that I think that you, at least for Boston's mindset, is you need to feel like you can compete with Boston mm-hmm. in New York, especially with looking at the histories of both franchises. Clearly, Boston and L.A. are the two most successful franchises in the NBA. That's going to be the biggest, uh, you know, at least uh, rival, at least when you're coming up. I mean, like, look at it. They're both going head-to-head in the Super Bowl this weekend, too. Okay, but we're talking about the NBA. We're talking about the Lakers versus the Celtics. I'm just, no, I'm talking strictly about these two. I don't care about that. Um, I'm talking strictly about Mm -hmm. the, you know, the Celtics with their 18 championships compared to the Lakers, who I think have 17 championships. Uh, I could be wrong on those numbers, but I think it's just a one-championship differential. I know they have a stupid amount. Um, But... Again, that's going to be their biggest rival because you have LeBron James and a, a great franchise history in Los Angeles, and you have a great franchise history in Boston. I don't think New York has that same prestige, and I, I don't think New York's going to be that big of a rival because, or at least a competitor when it comes to the Kyrie's thing. Uh, but even if you're Boston, you can't just give up and roll over and be like, oh, well, mm-hmm. we can't comp- compete with the big markets. It's not like Boston is a small market. No. I mean, they have 
I think they're a smaller market, at least when it comes to media-wise. I think mm-hmm. they're still top 10, though. Um, and when you look at sports-wise, I mean, they have been a powerhouse in just mm-hmm. Boston sports in general. The Red Sox City are one champions. of the most popular popular teams. The Patriots are one of the most popular teams. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady is the most selling jersey in the NFL and has for the past, like, five years. Um, I mean, Boston is a recognizable name. Larry Bird, Bill Russell. I mean, this is a magical history um, in Boston when it comes to the Celtics. So you can't just roll over and die and just let Kyrie Irving go and just be like, oh, well, I don't think we're going to be able to sign him. You have to go for it. You have to fight Mm -hmm. for it. You're going to be able to offer him the most amount of money that any other team can. And the other thing with that is, um, with the whole Kyrie thing, is you can play that Anthony Davis card of, hey, we're going to go and get you a guy who you like, a guy who is more near your age, and a guy who won't give you these problems. You guys both have the same mindset. And we are still going to be able to work in more veterans like Al Horford and Gordon Hayward into this team. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can roll over and die. Boston needs to try to keep him. And I think that they still have a very, very, very good pitch to keep well, Kyrie Irving in Boston. And here's how I see it. Because I agree, you can't roll over and die with it. But here's how I see this offseason playing out. You know how I said, ask me July 1st? Well, we'll ask him July 1st. You know what he'll say? Well, i got to take time to think about it. Here's how it's going to go down. He's going to wait for Durant to make his move first. If Durant goes to New York, then New York becomes a player. If Kevin Durant stays in Golden State, then I agree with you. New York probably will not become a player for Kyrie. If I'm Boston, I need to lock down an Anthony Davis deal before KD signs with a team. like, And not necessarily with the Warriors, but more so with the Knicks. If I can trade for Anthony Davis before Kevin Durant signs with the Knicks, then I have a great chance of keeping Kyrie here. But if Kevin Durant signs and I can't get that deal locked down, or let's say Durant stays with the Warriors and Anthony Davis goes to the Lakers, that's what's going to decide this, is the Anthony Davis deal combined with Durant's free agency is what I think locks down whether Kyrie is in New York, Boston, or L.A. next season. 100%. I think also the way that Boston finishes the season is going to be huge as well. Because, again, like, yes, Anthony Davis can most likely end up in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And if he ends up in Los Angeles, it's going to make them it make it extremely hard for Kyrie not to be swayed by that. Because you're getting better climate. You're getting a, a, a better market, at least when it comes to, you know, media-wise. You have so many hubs out there. You're talking about Kyrie, who's trying to make it into the movie industry. You're fucking going to Hollywood. So, I mean, that's a huge thing for him. And you're also playing with a guy you're familiar with in LeBron mm-hmm. James, who you're trying to repair a relationship with, and Anthony Davis, who you have a good relationship with. So that's the biggest thing that I think that if that trade happens, that's going to be huge. However, if this is a Boston team that wins the title or at least gets, you know, to the NBA Finals, mm-hmm. and Kyrie puts up this great effort, and he sees the guys working hard, and they're you know really coming together as a team, and Danny Ainge is like, hey, NBA draft day, we make the trade, Anthony Davis is a Boston Celtic. Mm-hmm. That is going to be a very, yes. very hard thing for Kyrie Irving to say no to. Um, it just depends on, again, like, what is Kyrie thinking? Because he's mm-hmm. an extremely just flighty guy. I don't know what Kyrie's thinking, because well, he's a guy that's like, you know, I want to leave Cleveland and be on my own team and then he goes to Boston he's like eh, this is too much uh, and now we're hearing you know all this stuff that he wants to go back to LeBron James like yeah. I don't know if I can trust Kyrie Irving at all I don't think we're ever going to get a, a true answer until he finally signs with a, a team and if I'm Boston like it's nerve-wracking but you can't just roll over and die 
Yeah, I'm completely with you. And the thing is, they can't even do a draft day trade. Like, you're stuck sitting on it until mm-hmm. Kyrie's officially a free yeah, agent. So they're they're going to have to take their picks right and that. decide, yeah. you know, is this a guy that fits with us and maybe the Pelicans are interested in? Like, that puts them in an uncomfortable position if Anthony Davis is still available at that point in time. But I'm with you. I think Kyrie at this point's a follower. I think he 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 went. I want to do it on my own. I Didn't we have this guy. conversation before? But I feel did. like we did have this conversation before in the past about him. Yeah. Yep. And it was. I just feel like he's he's not out there on his own. And I I think he's seen the guys around him, and he's like, we're good, but we're not warriors good. Or like, man, it takes a certain kind of person hey, to. You need, you need an adult in the room. Yeah. And, and Al Horford's the adult of that team, and we all know it. Mm-hmm. Like as much as Kyrie's the guy on the team. L. Horford is more the heart of that team. So I I, I would not be surprised to see mm-hmm. him follow an all-star somewhere, well, like you said. And also the thing I want to throw out there is the thing you mentioned about the playoffs, Sean, is so much more interesting because, like, if you look at the standings right now, Boston would be four. Bless you. That's where the – if you make it to the second round, so you're playing Indiana in that first round, if you make it to the second round – Guess who could be waiting for you? The team that you knocked off last year that I will bet Giannis and company want some revenge against that Boston team after how close that game. Because I believe that was a seven-game series or was that a six-game series? I just saw I say think that six. was. I think that was a seven-game series last year that came down to the bitter end. And the Bucs are going to be sitting there going, hey, we remember last year and we're going to beat you this year because we're the number one seed now and it's going to be... On our terms, we have the home court advantage. Not Is it you. funny that they're the number one seed are now purely because Toronto refuses to play their entire roster every <laughs> night? Yeah, Kawhi takes off two games a week. Blaine, Blaine Lowry Nick takes Nurse? off another couple games. Yeah, and then it's just a back and forth game. I just look at Boston and we hyped them up so much this year, and they haven't lived up to the expectations. expectations. We're here, exactly. Um, and I think that's playing into Kyrie's mindset is that he just wants to be winning constantly. Mm -hmm. Um, This team's going to have a worse... Are they going to have a worse record than they did with all the injuries last year? They have to have. Because I think what... They were over 60 wins, right? I know they were at such a hot start. Aren't they at 60 wins last year? I'll I'll check. Um, They were at 55. 55, they're at 33 right now, I think. Oh, yeah, they're at 33. So they they hit 33. So how many losses did they have last year? 55, uh, 82 minus 55. 27. 27. So they would have to lose only uh, 27 minus 19, eight. eight games. So they have eight games they can lose in the next, like, 25, 25 or 30. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a big streak. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they'd have to roll a heater. But, I mean, they're a good team. They've got the talent. It's just they need to make a job. 30 and that's, games. Yeah. So they have to go 20. Fuck, I hate doing math on a podcast. It's so much fun. Yeah. Eight losses in thirty games, uh, twenty-two. Hey, twenty-two and eight. There you go. I graduated hey, from college extremely <laughs> this recently. Guy. Liberal arts, super smart. Uh, but yeah, no. So I mean, they'd have to go twenty-two and eight to be yep. back where they were last year. And even then, it's going to be tough to jump over teams like you know Boston and uh, Toronto and uh, Milwaukee. But I don't think home court means too much when it comes to that. Like obviously, Toronto's going to be loud. Milwaukee's going to be loud. They really but, enjoyed home court. But talent's talent. I agree. So, talent trap. I mean, you even look at back when you know Kyrie came back three one with LeBron. Like Golden State had home court advantage, mm-hmm. and they had the more talented players. But still, won they the didn't game. have the most talented player. That's true. Um, and Kyrie was still, you know, it was massively so huge good. in that game. And the whole Draymond technical thing, but we're not going to get into. That. We're just talking strictly about yeah. Game Seven. Uh, I just think that again, 
like this is a team that's too talented. We talk about Brad Stevens in a different light. You guys were talking about him being a better coach than Pop. Like this is a guy that a team that shit. is under underperforming <laughs> right now. So I I look at this and I don't see a reason why Boston still can't make this push. It's too yeah. early for me to call with you know whether he will or will not sign yep. with them. I mean if this team does go on a horrible run and they you know are still fifth if they or get fourth a first in the round East, elimination. Yeah, he's if, walking. If right? they lose to Philadelphia what, or Indiana, they're gone. He's what's gone. the minimum? The minimum, like this, is it, the least thing we have to do in the playoffs to get Kyrie to stay. What do you think? Like, is it an Eastern Conference Finals appearance? Is it a Finals appearance? What is it? Well, NBA. Finals I think appearance. the only thing that you could do is say like seven game series loss in the Eastern Conference Finals. Okay, like it's you have to be to like, like a Toronto. right on the doorstep. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, like I, I don't even then like that's even iffy because like you have to say like Kyrie, we can give you a championship now. Like you don't have to leave; you can be the guy. Literally, one more year development from Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, mm-hmm. or the flip for AD if it's available. Yeah, and even then, I still think Kyrie, you could probably push Kyrie to think that he is the number one guy yeah. because he's going to be the ball handler for most of it, and that's a huge thing. Oh yeah, for I mean, AD doesn't and... take over offensively. Because he is an offensive monster, he takes over offensively because he has to in a lot of the games. When you watched him, you know, early in his career, point up the the fifty twenties. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was just like, yeah, it's it's Anthony Davis and four dudes standing outside. Wouldn't it <laughs> suck to have just to you know force Anthony Davis to be your number one guy? You know, I mean, he's so bad at it, being extremely efficient uh, with a high massive usage uh, and a, like one twenty four offensive rating. Just like, terrible. I love how you use the fact. You know, because it's not wrong, like forcing him to be a number one guy. Yeah. And over the past three years, he's had a true shooting uh, that is over 59%, which is crazy, and a usage percentage that's over 30. Yeah. Like, it's a great, that's a great, like, horrible reason to watch. You know, yep. Kyrie having that number one ability, though, of being a ball handler and working a pick and roll, and Anthony Davis would be disgusting. Oh, so I think you can still push that. And if you do get close and you're losing the Warriors in the finals mm-hmm. and you can just be like, hey, we're going to get at this because we have the best trade offer, which they do yeah. to get Anthony Davis. No doubt. I don't see a way that right now we could say he's not going back. Now, the fact that we're having this topic, I think, is mm-hmm. big because I was pretty sure and set. Like when he said that at the meeting before the season, I thought he was going to stay. So I, I think that, again, it, it is in question of what happens in the playoffs could change his mind. And that's why I almost feel like anything anything minus an NBA Finals berth would not be guaranteed. Because think about this. Your Game 7, if they go Game 7 in the Eastern Conference Finals and lose, if I'm Kyrie, I'm sitting there, it's like, okay, adding me, we are the exact same as without me. And Gordon Hayward. And Gordon Hayward. What do what do we add to this team? Where I'm looking over there on the West Coast, I know me and him went to the finals. I know me and him won the finals. I know me and him beat the Warriors and made it. They had to get Kevin Durant to beat us. That's what they had to do. They had to get him to beat us because of what we did. That could also play into his head. Mm. Like that's like mind games with Kyrie and with his own mind games. Not like anyone playing mind games with him. And that's why I almost feel like. If Boston doesn't make the finals, if I'm a Boston fan, anything minus that, I would be nervous that he's walking. And this situation is why Danny Ainge, going back to our first segment, when I was like, oh, Danny Ainge, cool as a cucumber. Now this is the situation that adds the 
all right, I might not be cool as a cucumber because I got to get this deal done as quickly as I can on July 1st so that I can make sure Kyrie does not go anywhere. Well, let's put yourself in the uh, shoes of Uncle Drew, Kyrie Irving, mm-hmm. Ricky, Widmer. Um, let's just take the AD thing off the table. Mm-hmm. Um, just compare the teams and their futures as is right now. So you're getting the roster of the Los Angeles Lakers right now and the rosters and future of the Boston Celtics. If you're Kyrie Irving, and take the playoffs out of this as well, if you're just looking at these teams right now and what they can possibly do, Possibly it's, do, because both teams could possibly make moves, right? So without without any moves, I'm making a decision. Without any moves right now, it's as Boston. is. Like then that that but I kinda wanna say, and I'm not saying this is like disrespect, mm-hmm. I kinda feel like that's a like stupid question because like But the but move, we're talking about like yeah. LeBron. Like I mean this is a guy that LeBron he, he's played by with himself before. doesn't mean like the thing that makes it is the Anthony Davis. The thing that makes New York but, but is what I'm the saying Kevin is Durant. Those rosters can still make those Anthony Davis moves. I don't want to say you know, because clearly the, it's dependent on if either team gets them. But then what if— Go back to what Dave said. But then what Dave, if— Dave, what would you call him? Started with an F? A follower. Kyrie is not the one who—he's already tried it. I'm going to go here and build the team around me my and thing, look at how it's going. With what I'm trying to say, like, what if Anthony Davis just gets traded to the Raptors? Mm-hmm. Then there is no, you know, AD to be brought in for either team. Yeah. So— that puts you into the shoes, like, because then that is still a question of this. Like, is it just dependent on if Anthony Davis goes to L.A.? That's why Kyrie would go? No. I mean, he could always just say, screw it. I want to play with LeBron again. So like, he could do that. Question. But me looking at the rosters, I don't think that by adding Kyrie to that team, it, yeah, it makes the Lakers a little bit better. But the biggest thing is going to be adding A.D., to them and having their big three, if no moves happen, if like AD goes to the Raptors, Katie stays with the Warriors, unless the Lakers can bring a Clay Thompson in town, I would sit there and go, you know what? I'll just stay with Boston because at least I know I can go to the Eastern Conference Finals and getting over that hump is a lot easier than going to play in the West. Dave, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, Boston's that's absolutely loaded with just a glut of future potential and draft picks and talents. Mm-hmm. It'd be hard to turn that down to go take a shot at, at overcoming, you know, one of the best dynasties in modern times in yeah. the Warriors. It, it'd be a bold move. I wouldn't put it past him because he's... I no one knows what he's thinking. I mean, that's no the biggest thing. Like, thought he was going to ask for a trade. He's the he's the ultimate wild card in the NBA. Like Jr. Smith's hilarious, <laughs> and throwing soup at a man is funny. Yeah, but we haven't seen Jr. Was it tomato played in years? Tomato basil was that what it was? Tomato bisque maybe. Tomato bisque. That was I it. I think it was bisque. Uh, mine had some basil in there. Yeah, a little bit of basil. But it's just when it comes to trying to predict Kyrie Irving, you can't do it. You you flip a coin. And it's gonna it's gonna stand up on end. Mm-hmm. Like you're just not gonna get what you want because he's gonna do whatever he feels at that point in time. So logically, Celtics have a whole lot more on the table. But LeBron James and he have a relationship. The potential mm-hmm. of gaining an Anthony Davis who actually wants to be in that location is he more is indecisive than you? Ooh, that's tough. For me. <laughs> I can't decide who's more indecisive, Dave or Kyrie. I can't decide. <laughs> Dave can't decide. <laughs> I'll take Kyrie. Uh, the thing that I will say, though, is uh, just looking back on Boston, even if they aren't able to resign Kyrie, mm-hmm. they didn't lose this trade. They're not losing anything. Like, obviously, they're losing a star, and that that's that's in its own right. But 
you didn't lose anything in that trade. You lost Isaiah Thomas, who you traded to the Cavaliers, who barely played for the Cavaliers. You traded Jay Crowder, who was horrible for the Cavaliers. The only thing that you got out of that was, for the Cavs, the Brooklyn Nets unprotected first-round pick, mm-hmm. which turned to Colin Sexton. So you traded, I can live with that. So you traded Kyrie Irving for Colin Sexton and Ante Zizek. So in the end of it, if you aren't able to re-sign him, it's not the worst thing in the world because you took a shot, you missed. And also, Kyrie isn't the healthiest player in the world. Um, and you can still take shots after this. It's going to be definitely disheartening. You don't mm-hmm. want to lose him at all. But if this is the way it goes, again, he's unpredictable. He's a wild card. Kyrie Irving does what Kyrie Irving wants. Kyrie and Kyrie Phoenix. Irving has a lot of regret, I think, for some of the moves that he has done. Uh, however, in the end of it, if you are Boston, the goal is to resign him. The goal is to trade for AD. And the goal is to build a dynasty. But if you aren't able to do so because you're not able to convince him, I don't know what else you could have done to mm-hmm. convince him besides giving him Jason Tatum, giving him Jalen Brown, letting him be the guy. You traded him because he wanted to be the guy somewhere else. You gave him the team with the keys in the car, the coach to drive but you. But does the coach like Gordon Hayward better than him? They went out and got the coach's son, basically. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying. I'm just saying. You're not but saying. The, you're just but saying. the coach's son also isn't giving the son preferential treatment. Well, He's putting he the son freaking leg. on the bench. <laughs> In a gruesome but manner. if he didn't break his leg, I still think Kyrie would be the guy. Because Gordon doesn't seem to be that like overriding personality, mm-hmm. and I'm just saying that there's a whole lot of faith in that contract. No, for and... me, it's not him and Hayward; it's him and Tatum. Where last year, without Kyrie being there, kind of created a little bit of a problem. Where I would not be surprised if Jason Tatum sitting Got a there too big for his britches. Well, not that of Jason Tatum, I and I would it. feel it too, like a. Hey, you I know, think everyone what? saw the playoff performance like, and thought he was going to be the next coming. Well, not even that. Just like a hey, we don't need you. Like, what have you? We got this far without you. I don't think it was ever that. Like, I don't think it was ever. We no, don't no, no. need you. But like, you could sit there and go, hey, you know what? Like, what are you? And especially like this year, Kyrie comes back. This team not number one, number two in the East. They're four, five. Like, if I'm Jason Tatum, I'd be surprised if he wasn't in his head thinking a little bit like. How good are you? Like, well, I went game seven against LeBron, and yeah, I crumbled in that game seven, but I was this close to getting to the finals. And what have you done for us this year? Like, how good are we with adding you back? I don't think that's a horrible point to bring up, and this is the point that I wanted to bring up uh, with this, um, was the fact that Jason Tatum and, and Kyrie Irving kind of went through the same thing of, you know, their first couple mm-hmm. of years, they went without a star. Uh, Kyrie didn't have LeBron right away, and then once he got him, he kind of was an asshole to him, apparently. And you look at their numbers from their rookie years. Uh, Tatum for the field, 47.5%. Kyrie, 46.9%. From three, 39% from Kyrie. Uh, Jason Tatum shot an absurd 43.4% from three. You look at the free throw percentage, 82 to 87. Then you look at the points. It was 13.9 points for Jason Tatum. However, if you did put that to, you know, Per 36, that would be all the way up to 16.4, which is close to Kyrie's 18.5. And obviously we know what he did in the playoffs, that being Jason Tatum putting up 18.5 points in the playoffs. So having that first year, like you were saying, Rookie, gave him an attitude Mm -hmm. that I think Kyrie also... And then uh, the offseason workout with Kobe. Bingo. So what you're saying is... Kobe's a cancer. Kyrie, now being on the other side, might be like, oh... 
I'm sorry, LeBron. I was kind of a dick to you, and now I know how you felt. I think there's a little perspective. Huh. Now I'm on the other side, and I realize how I acted towards you. Can we reconcile and join up in L.A.? Mm -hmm. That's what you're saying. Yep, pretty much. All right. Uh, Apparently, we just got a Woj bomb as well. In the (laughs) Lakers' first offer to the Pelicans for Anthony Davis, L.A. offered Lonzo, Kuzma, Rondo, Beasley, and a first-round pick, which is not going to get it done. Rondo. That's pretty weak. Yeah, Rondo, Beasley, Kuzma, and New Orleans. (laughs) So all those rumors about the craziness, that's Mm -hmm. the first official one. Thanks, Woj. Yeah. Couple hours too late. Yeah, that's going to do it. The camera has turned Mm -hmm. off, unfortunately, but... That's going to wrap it up for the Fast Break Podcast. We talked about Kyrie Irving, Lonzo Ball to the Bulls, Wet Boys, and Anthony Davis. <laughs> they can't see me. We also talked about Christoph uh, Porzingis. Don't forget to check out that episode as well. Check us out at twitter.com slash Podcast, patreon.com slash Podcast, and rate us five stars on iTunes. For Dave Oster and Ricky Berber, after you on. I'm Sean Anderson. See you next time. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.